in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute! I know you! Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce... myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited! <laughs> Feel these nipples! That boy's good! Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to this episode of the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you live from across the river over in Jeffersonville. If you can't tell by now, I am not Mike. I'm Dalton Pence, filling in for Mike once again with his right-hand man, Trevor Kelsey, in the studio. What's going on, Trev? We brought you back. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I told I, I told them no more damn Charger fans. I swear. I was like, no, you know, no. Why I was like, listen. To... I was like, they were like, we need to fill in. So I was like, okay, any. It, how many Chargers fans do you actually know? Two. Outside of this studio? One. Okay, so your sample size is pretty small, and I don't think I'm that area of Chargers. And fans. in my defense, the only other Chargers fan I knew was in was my uh, eighth grade year, uh, and the only reason I remember him is because he wore the char- the Chargers star- uh, pro line jacket every day. Jeez. And he would he kept telling me before the season that the Chargers were going to shock the world, and I. Was like really? You've tried that marriage yeah, marijuana thing, I hear. Shock the world every year on trying to lose games in ways that games have never been lost. You got to remember though, this was in this was the same year that they won like eight in a row to finish the year and went to the Super Bowl and the got blown out by the truck. Things by the, change the more yeah. they stay the same. We he did brag a little bit <laughs> properly, but till the Super Bowl happened, then oh, then he was kind of brought hope, back down to earth. I hope but I can have that tune this year when the Chargers inevitably do not make the Super Bowl. <laughs> After a big offseason, but a big, big show planned for you today. We're going to discuss the big official visiting weekend list coming up for the Louisville football program. We will talk about why Kenny Payne's NIL comments were overblown by a good portion of the fan base. Talk win totals for football and much more on today's episode. Trev, it has finally reached that time of the year where you start sweating in your car while the air conditioning is on. You start sweating, thinking about sweating while you're sitting in your air-conditioned house. And when you inevitably step outside, give it 10 seconds before you're covered in sweat. And it is it has been brutal. It's not it's not pleasant out. Even the AC, you're right, doesn't doesn't do it, doesn't help a I mean, you you're you're a skinny dude, so you're a little better. Like for me, like it's like I get out of the car, I'm halfway to the studio, and swamp butt's kicking in. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I don't – I'm not a guy who sweats a ton. Like, if I'm working oh, out I or do. something like that, <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sweat a good amount. But over the past, I mean, I guess two, three days, I mean, it, what, it, what is the temperature today? I mean, it's, it's what, like uh, – It was ni- – It's it w- 96. But yesterday yeah. it was like 89. 
and I'm thinking there is no possible way it is 89. It's nine. It's 89, but feels like 189. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely it is, incredible. It is very miserable out. Uh, definitely one of those days that I sit out front with a smoke a cigarette from the studio. I really <laughs> need a club rag. Uh, I need because uh, uh, I'm sitting here. Why just wipe? The problem is I can't wipe my face off my shirt because. I'd forgotten that I played with the dogs before I came in here, so my shirt's covered in dog hair right now. Oh, perfect. So, like, I wipe my face off my shirt, and then I just get dog hair in my, in my eyes. <laughs> so it's just, uh, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a brutal cycle, yet uh, they're so damn cute, I can't help but play with them. Uh, I definitely hear you. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Once again, that's 502-414-1450. Trev, speaking of how hot it has been recently. Are people at Thornton's going to take care of you when it's hot outside. Yeah, that is very, very true. They've Those got, pol- they've got a, they're, some, not, they're not Polar Pops. No, no. They're, they've got the Polar Pops. they got the Nugget Ice. And they've got a uh, little summer cash bash going on right now. And uh, when you go there and you uh, you get your rewards card, you get the app, you get a chance to win stuff. They're just giving stuff away. You made me want to stop by Thornton's after yeah. this. They're, 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 you get a chance to win, uh, get 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 that refreshing rewards, get some save on some money on gas. We all need that, for God's sakes. Oh my goodness. It save money on uh, sodas, hot dogs, everything. All the good stuff. To know, but we talked about how hot it is outside. I can argue that this Louisville football football program on the recruiting trail is even hotter. It's scorching hot. It's been that way for the past couple months. You know, I was thinking about this upcoming weekend where, you know, this list of official visitors, it's it's been picking up steam over the past couple months or so. But it, it seems like, and I didn't want to show up here and speak in a hyperbolic fashion, but on the way here, I, I think I came to the conclusion that this is the biggest recruiting weekend visiting-wise for the football program in its entirety. Since like two weekends ago, maybe. I mean, I think that this is bigger than the the January weekend, where it f- seems like Louisville filled up the next three recruiting classes with commits over a span of, I mean, what was it like three to four days? Where is that when we became the Chillville? I've never heard it. Oh, that's the, you didn't know you know that's a new that's a new Logan here. Chillville. I mean, it it's catchy. I'll give it that. That's because uh, I think they said the California crew said it. Uh, Little's really? a chill place to be, so we the chill bill now. I actually have never seen that, but regardless, um, you know, Pierce Clarkson will be on campus as always. Uh, DeAndre Moore joining him, the most recent football commit, but there is a slew of uncommitted guys that will be on campus, uh, most notably the number one running back in all of the land in the 2023 cycle, Reuben Owens, five-star prospect, um, you know, Madden Sanker, high four-star offensive lineman going on down the list. But like I mentioned, I didn't want to be hyperbolic here and say that it was the biggest recruiting weekend because, look, I'm only 24 years old. I mean, I only remember so much about Louisville football pre, oh, Lord, 2005, I think was the first season I paid attention to. Pre-2005, there wasn't much the recruiting to to match anything else. I mean, you're – you're pretty much the Chris Redman class was pretty big, but well, re- re- recruiting services weren't really a thing back exactly. then. Exactly, so it's kind of hard to gauge. Recruiting services only go back to about 2000. So, yeah. and Redman, I mean, I don't know what that uh, whole class I would argue wasn't great, but Redman himself, yeah, was you know Redman, high school. Ivan Green, he was uh, well. I'm, were they in the same class? I was thinking yeah. they were okay. Yeah, because they went to mail together, but I was thinking they were a year apart. Um, but yeah, I don't know how big recruit Ivan Green was, but, but Redmond was what would be borderline a probably a four star, I would say. Maybe uh, he was the uh, high school offensive player of the year. But so. even then, I mean, it's it's hard to hard to really put that into terms when it when it comes to star rankings and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, 
that weekend in January, let's put it this way, this doesn't happen if that weekend doesn't happen. I think that this is a long time coming. I think that um, this is kind of an accumulation of hard work that this re- you know, this recruiting staff and the staff in general, the recruits that are in this class that have been putting together. Um, I, I mean, I'm, you know, be completely honest with you, this is the biggest recruiting weekend for this program so far, and it's critical that, um, you know, that, that it's a successful weekend um, thus in part. But at the end of the day, let's say worst case scenario, the Cardinals come out of this weekend with no commits, which I, I, you know, I guess there there is a possibility. But just getting some of these guys on campus, I, I can't think of a time, even you know when Charlie Strong was here, in which this program recruited at this high of a level. Uh, the first strong class, possibly. But even then, though, like when I mean, you had you had you had. Uh, now, granted, you do have to sign these guys. Like, they're strong. Did sign some very very solid classes. Uh, you know, a handful of top two hundred fifty players. I'm not you know bashing strong or anything that he did or anything like that. Um, but if you look at this from a potency aspect of you know top two hundred players, I mean, we're talking about Ruben Owens the number 16 player in the 24-7 sports composite. DeAndre Moore's top 60. Madden Sanker's right outside the top 100. Aaron Williams and Pierce Clarkson are in the top one or top 200. Jabron Harvey of... Well, they're both higher than top 200. Uh, well, this is just the 24-7 sports composite. So it's... Yeah, so Williams and Clarkson are probably like... Aren't they top 10 in their Billy's positions? Yeah, well, Williams is 17th. I think this is the composite ranking. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, Clarkson's looking, not I'm a top at, ten quarterback. Yeah. I would imagine he's well above top two hundred. I mean, weird. actually, it, it seems like the top in, thirty in, in the most overall. recent um, recruiting rankings updates. It seems like a lot of Louisville guys kind of fell in the rankings. Now, some people will will claim conspiracy and stuff like that. I personally don't care because rankings are rankings at the end of the day. But well, can you use the same logic of well, a kid goes from a three star to four star because exactly. Alabama commits to him? Well, I mean, <laughs> excuse I, me. Although I think that that's true, I think it is. There but is but some you can argue that if a kid picks Louisville, he drops from a four star yeah, to a three star. And, and I, I think me personally, like I, I personally just don't care um, in in terms of rankings and stuff. I mean, I care about rankings, but if a guy drops a couple spots, like it's not the end of the world. But even so, you know, when we talk about the top five to six guys that are going to be on campus, it, it's not just them. Like you have. I think all but maybe two or three of your current commits that will be on campus, like that cannot get overlooked either. You know, if you're trying to get some of the bigger fish in this class to commit to your program, I mean, obviously you're going to have to, um, you know, put on a very, very solid visit. And what better way to try to push this family narrative that you've been trying to push um, since Scott Satterfield's gotten here than by bringing on pretty much all of the commits that you have into trying to make this a successful weekend? I mean, Personally, I think that there's a chance that Louisville could come out of this weekend with, you know, maybe two to three commits. Now, who those guys are, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I might have an idea, but then again, I really have not a single clue. But on top of that, um, a big offensive line recruiting weekend, um, Luke Burgess, Kobe Keenum, who is a late addition to this, um, Jordan Church. There's also rumors of a top 100 wide receiver that I believe is a current Clemson commit that could be um, possibly visiting this weekend, but I haven't seen any confirmation in that regard. So, Well, that's, well, well still Clemson. If you didn't know, Sats is the new Dabo. He's, he's, you did, if you didn't know that, then... I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you didn't know that? Oh, well, I mean, you're, where have you been, man? Been uh, hanging out watching watch movies? Um, hey, by, by the way, how have you been since last time I saw you? Anything, uh, anything accomplished in life in general? Um... 
Yeah, I accomplished another month on the earth, I guess. I, mean, I, don't, I don't really know too much, but uh, I can't believe it's been, what, been a month? Been a little Probably been about a month. month. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, well, But I, I will be honest. I think it's time for me to open up. I have not been very critical of Scott Satterfield on the airwaves. You know, even on the Locked On Global podcast, I guess I, I no. guess I should explain who I am. For, don't for worry, I, I've don't been critical enough for both of us probably at some yeah. point in time. Well, for those that don't know, I, I'm a co-host of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. I host the Locked On Louisville podcast, and Louisville also do some peeing announcing work for the university, but that doesn't matter in this respect of outright. Um, on both podcasts, I've been very reserved of my criticism of Scott Satterfield because I – Personally, think that a, a coach should have. What are we going into? Year four, Trev? Is that what we're going into, Scott? Satterfield? Year five. We're going into year. F- no. Yeah, because he's. Had, I think he said four years already. Uh, no. But like eight. No, this is year four. 2019, 2020, 20. Yeah, this is year four. Okay. Regardless, I think that you you should give a coach four to five years before you really start to judge the product on the field. Now, obviously, he. Um, overachieved a little bit in the eyes of the fan base year one. Year two is COVID, um, you know, related and stuff like that. Year three, you're a couple good quarters away from being a very different ball team in terms of record. Year four, there's a lot of eyes on Scott Satterfield this year. There's been a lot of criticism in the offseason of Scott Satterfield, and, you know, take it as you will. I understand, you know, it's all about wins and losses at the end of the day, and you have to back the talk up with the results. I get that. Excuse me. But... At the end of the day, and I'm not saying that wins and losses aren't important because obviously that's really the only thing that matters. But there was a lot of criticism for Scott Satterfield in the offseason over the recruiting um, department and stuff like that. And what does he go out and do? Well, I mean, he goes out currently. I mean, you still have to get these guys to sign the dotted line, the national letter of intent. But he's gotten currently a top 10 class. He has completely revamped the recruiting department by adding two new recruiting coordinators and some more staffing. So... Personally, the issues that I wanted him to address and, you know, how I wanted him to recruit better, it seems like he's doing that thus far. Now, mind you, Trev, he still has to go out this fall, and he has to win, in my opinion, at least seven games. And we talked about that the first time I came on. I think that, you know, seven wins is where I'm comfortable, and if he achieves any less than that, then it kind of really depends on where the recruiting is at in that respect. But I'll be honest, I, I have to give Scott Satterfield his flowers for what he's done this offseason because he's literally doing everything that the fan base has asked of him um, for what he can. You want to go, he says, okay, go out and get an um, impact transfer. Well, he goes out and he completely revamps the secondary. He goes out and gets Momo Sonogo in the linebacking committee, um, a couple wide receivers, Tyon Evans, you know, so on and so forth. They're like, okay, well, you didn't address the defensive line. Sure, fair enough. Goes out and gets Jermaine Lole from Arizona State, who, for those who aren't aware, before he suffered a uh, ending or a season-ending injury before the season last year, was ranked as the second best interior defensive lineman in the country by Pro Football Focus. Uh, top twenty-five player, regardless, you're adding him into the mix. Everything that the fan base has asked of him in this offseason, Scott Satterfield has delivered. Okay, now let's him do what he asked him to do on the field, which he has not delivered in two and years. That's what I. That's also what I'm coming back to. Is yes, you have to build up, you know, the on-field success as well. I, I will, um, you know, definitely 
I mean, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, side with you on that because you, you do have to get the results. And, here, here, and like here. I said, the results matter. And you, at the end of the day, you recruit well, but you don't – that doesn't show on the field. Then I guess it's a moot point because, you know, you could get you could sign a top-five class and but win two games, and it's kind of – I mean, obviously that, that might be a little bit of a poor example. Here, here's, here's the bottom line. You've had, the excuses are done. There's, there's, there's no more excuses. You've used all your lifelines – uh, you can't call a friend. You can't phone phone your wife. What, what, whatever other analogy you want to use. There's, there's no more redos, mulligans. The, the excuses are out the window. You overachieved in year one, which may or may not. Some depend on you know. Some would obviously say you overachieved coming off of you know the disastrous two and ten season. I think you obviously had a very talented team and you did just very well with the talent you had, winning eight games, and probably should have won eight games with that talent that that team had. Second year, you can blame COVID if you want because you definitely dropped the ball with a team that was way better than four and seven. You had a very similar team, short of just a one or two guys back, especially on the offensive line. Granted, one of those guys was a top twelve pick, and is a, a big, huge piece of that offensive line. But the point is, is that you still went four and seven with two top with uh, with with another with a second round draft pick at wide receiver and a, a NFL level running back, and obviously. Cunningham was a huge problem with that situation because Cunningham was awful in his second year under Satterfield, just just flat out awful. And year three, Cunningham obviously improves consistency, but you obvi- you have the issues on defense in terms of making stops when you need to make stops, making clutch plays. And as a result, you lose some games you probably shouldn't lose. You end up with a second straight losing season, the first time to do that since Crackthorpe. And you go into an offseason where – Myself, heavily included, wanted Jeff Brom. We, we, and you, I think I wouldn't say a majority were wanting Brom over Satterfield, but it was as close to 50 50, I think, as you're going to get. Maybe, you know, maybe a slight majority, maybe a slight minority, whichever way you look at it, who you ask, how you feel. But that's that, that, that was the case. And you, mm-hmm. Sats begs to keep his job with Vince. Vince gives, lets him. Gives him mercy, gives him his, keeps him his job. He Vincent heads out, and you relieved a lot of the fears and issues and the people that were either in the, like I said, that borderline minority majority of wanting Brom, including myself, with the recruiting class you brought in. But I mean, that's, here's the thing: we I've seen you with with, some, with talent on your roster, Satterfield, and you went eight and five in that first year with that talent on the roster. You got to do it again. And the thing is, is that this team last year, one of the few excuses I let slide with this roster was that it was a very young underclassman team. You bring back a lot of those guys this year. Obviously, you've lost you know some key players on the defense, and whether it be the secondary or the linebacking core, more particular. And you've lost some offensive 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 weapons, but because of tampering with with Alabama, whatever we want to look at it. And there is a whole wide receiver. We talked about this last time you were here. We are going to have to wait and see which one of us is right. But uh, obviously, you, I think, have more confidence with the receivers coming back than I do at this point, at least. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm right and you're wrong completely, but I just want to be able well, to. I mean, I, I think it all I, comes I, down to. I think to, it needs to be proven. I, I think it all comes down to you have to see the results. Exactly. I mean, we, for, be, the, for the past two years, because, it's been. We we've been on the as year one was probably one end of the spectrum to where you were pretty much kind of winning the fifty fifty games the toss up games uh, the games that came down to the wire year two and year three probably on the losing end more often than not in, in those games so yes you know the pendulum has to to flip back let's go to the text line because there are a couple that have built up um, 
Trevor's basketball bar is the NCAA tournament, and Dalton's expectations for football is seven wins. My heavens, how the mighty have fallen. Um, I, I will say this about that. I, I think that, you know, when you talk about expectations for football, it's a little challenging because, you know, there's not much between seven and nine wins, but there, but there is. It's like there, there, there's not, but there is. And when you look at Louisville's schedule, you look at what they have coming back. I mean, yeah, the expectation, I, I think that that's kind of like the minimum. I mean, the expectation for me is eight wins. I think that this team is good enough to win eight games. I think that the schedule, although the back end of the schedule is, is pretty tough, there are some tough matchups for the Cardinals in the in the last six games of the season. The first half, I mean, there's a good chance, in my opinion, that Louisville may start the season out 5-0. and With the schedule, I mean, it should not be out of the equation. If you say, oh, there's no way, well, why not? You're taking on a Syracuse team that you literally mollywopped on Lamar Jackson Day last year. You're taking on a Central Florida team minus Dylan Gabriel, which is going to be a tough game down in Orlando. You're taking a South Florida team that, eh. South Florida sucks. Yeah, you know, they did. No, no, they I think suck. they you did have, bring they, in. No, they suck. They, they there's no in, excuse to beat them. Was it, not beat them. Yeah, I agree. I think they bring in, what is it, Jerry Bohannon from Baylor, who they brought in at quarterback. Regardless, what were they, 2-10 and 10 last year? I mean, they were horrible. Um, I'm trying to think of the last two games um, that Louisville has in that sequence. I know Boston College, I think, is in that sequence. I don't have the schedule up in front of me. The problem with me going into the season is a little bit, too, is, was, is my, not my questioning of Satterfield to a degree, because even in that 4-7 and seven season, I defended him a little bit with the fact that I thought that it wasn't much the play calling, it was the play of some of the players. And going into this, and last season you saw that when you see and I don't try to be mean to him because he may be a listener. I don't care if he is or not. But, you know, when Malik Cunningham doesn't play well and he is not be able to hit, especially a deep ball, which he couldn't hit at all in that 4-7 and seven season, and he had struggles with it some last year, and he gets – this Louisville team is going to struggle. It depends a lot on him, and he has been – Anything but consistent regularly in his entire time at Louisville. But, but to be fair, I think last I think I'll I think I disagree with you about last year. I think last year we saw the most significant jump. You saw you saw more consistency, but now you, you still the, now it, it, I guess it really just depends because consistency wise, I think that um, I feel like play calling got better at I the end play of calling, last yeah. season. But, but 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 put it this way: the Louisville offense is tailor made to support Malik Cunningham's strengths, which is what you do with your top players, correct? I mean, you're, you're quarterback. You're going to design your offense. You know, obviously, you, you probably have your, you know, your styles of offense and, and, and things of that nature, but, you know, you're not going to, you know, put your starting quarterback in a system to where, you know, he may not necessarily succeed. Um, that's kind of generally speaking. I think that Scott Satterfield has done a good job of putting Malik Cunningham into a situation and into a system that really um, utilizes his strength sets with the intermediate routes, with the over-the-middle throws. The deep ball has gotten significantly better over the past year. Now, obviously, we'll see what that means with no Jordan Watkins and Tyler Harrell, but I do think that they have the pieces on this roster to – um, be able to have an aerial threat um, down the field. So ultimately, at the end of the day, um, I, I don't know that it was as much on the Louisville offense last year as it, as it was on the Louisville defense. I mean, we're, wow. we're talking about th- this team crumbling on defense at times. Now, th- the blame is everywhere. It, it's not one player. It's not you know one position or anything like that. You know, you lose a game as a team. You win a game as a team. As cliche as that sounds, it's true. 
So there, there's a couple things that need to happen. I think for Malik Cunningham, yes, you need to continue to progress, but a lot of it's kind of staying the course and just you know showing up in those big games. I would like to see him play a better game than what he did last year in the regular season finale. I would like to see him play a little better against Kentucky in 2022 than he played in 2021. And I think that over the course of the season, and I was very, very impressed with this, was just his overall progressions were getting better. You know, in terms of checking down well, to you've seen, running backs, you'll see flashes, but it matters is will you will you see it on a on a game to game basis, and that has not I mean, been the case with I mean, Cunningham. The guy did have. I mean, I think that as a passer, there there's some room for growth. I think that as a runner, we we saw him dodge hits like we wanted him to do in his first couple seasons. We saw him not take off as much as he as he could have. Um, you know, what, 20 passing, 19 rushing touchdowns. So overall, I mean, one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. But I, I think you're on to something here because I'm not necessarily so much um, – what's the word? I, I'm not convinced that it's consistency rather than just kind of, um, you know, switching things up, And um, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes any bit of sense of what I'm trying to say, but mm. – no, and, and I mean, listen, and, and to the, what the texture says, you know, trying to uh, to mock me for my, my basketball bar being the NCAA tournament, which I said yesterday. And first of all, and just real quick to that, of course it's the tournament. Did you not realize we just won 13 games last year, you dingus? I mean, we we have a brand new coach we don't know anything about. And, and, for, the li- and for the love of God, it might not even matter what we do. The NCAA might not tell us we can play the tournament. So, yes, my my basketball bar is the NCAA tournament going into this an individual season. So, you know, get off my back. Second uh, to where you're to the, his point of you at your expectations of being seven wins. I, I don't know. I mean. Does that mean the heavens are falling? I don't mean, we haven't won seven games. We haven't seven, what, won seven games fair? in two years. What's, okay, well, let me put it this way, Trev, and this might piss a lot of the fan base off. We have to stop talking about this Louisville football program like we win 10 wins annually. Or we, we win 10 wins. That's not even a thing. We win 10 games annually. Like, even in, like, I mean, I get that there's been times over the past – um, you know, two decades to where we've had we have had some good stretches to where we string together multi um, double digit win seasons. But this program as a whole has kind of been you know seven, eight, nine wins throughout its history in the past two decades. So yeah, I mean the expectation, yeah, it, maybe it, it should be a little higher. Um, you know, eight wins, nine wins is kind of pushing it because I just don't think that this team is there yet. Although they can get there, I'm just not expecting them to get there because I, I want to give. You know, Satterfield, his his you know rightful um, you know observation and stuff like that. I want to you know go into it with an, like a clear conscience and not expect too much. But yeah, would nine wins be sufficient? Well, of course it would. But I'm I'm expecting that you know seven wins should be the minimum. I'm not saying. Well, I guess I'm not saying I'm I'm expecting seven wins. I'm expecting more along the lines of eight. But I think you pretty much need to win seven. I don't I don't understand the I mean, I get where the text line's coming from, but speaking of the text line, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty Thornton's. Make sure stop by Thornton's. Get if you get by go Thornton's. Grab me, grab me, a, grab me a polar pop because I uh, I need to be cooled down here a little bit. Uh, Texture does say, uh, "Damn, this guy's only twenty four. Does he have any good memories of Louisville sports?" D- you you uh, remember yeah. the title, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, here's the thing about <laughs> it is is like, yeah. I mean, my my earliest memories of Louisville sports, I'll tell you, football wise, was the Orange Bowl season. 
So obviously that was a great memory, and then it was immediately filled with you know some subpar football memories. But basketball, I mean, we were good up until twenty sixteen, or I'm sorry, twenty eighteen, I guess, because twenty seventeen we were a two seed. Um, but yeah, baseball started to pick it up when I started to become a fan, and then overall, I mean, Louisville sports as a whole have been on the rise. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a ton of good memories there, um, but. No, your your response should have been to the Dexter suck it. That's that's what you say. Yeah, the Texas says Chillville never a slogan or slogan of ours. Uh, yes, it will be. Put it on shirt, uh, Dexter. Get with the times. You're just behind. I don't you're, know. You're 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 Chillville? on You're on Betamax. We're on DVDs. Okay, buddy. Chillville? Get with it. The Chillville. I've man. never seen that though, Trev. Like, because I, I, I started it last week. You started it. I started it. I thought you said that the California re- recruits well, the, started the, it. Well, one of the recruits was quoted as saying Louisville was a chill place. There's no way. That makes me think of like Dairy Queen. Well, that's chilling grill. Same thing. <laughs> Chill grill. Chillville. Oh no! Mark it down. Put it on a shirt. There's that, no way. I promise you. If this was, if we, if we were, we were the Big Blue Nation no fan way. base. It would be on six shirts and a billboard no right now. Chillville. Chill get with it. Trevor's marketing skills subpar. Oh no! I am. I am down with the. I'm, I am cool as they come. I am chill with the Ville. Uh, Texas. How many commits do we end up with this weekend? All I'll of let them. you answer that. <laughs> All of them. All of them are committing right on their visits. Um. No, but uh, the same I think text that, says Dalton Pence for president. I think I have your dad's number in the computer. <laughs> uh, this is not him. Actually, I know who this is because of some previous texts on here. Um, this the girlfriend? No. Okay, the one of your girlfriend. It says Dalton still mad. I haven't been invited to the Discord. Just saying. I know who this is. That's from last time you were here. Yes, yeah. I, I know who this is. But um, shout out to my guy. Um, I'm not officially eligible to run for president yet. I've still I still have 11 years to go to achieve that. 35-year status, but um, commitment-wise, I think you're probably looking, I'd say probably two two commits is where I'm likely kind of gravitating toward. There, there's one that you know I, I would expect to uh, wrap up his official visits soon after this Louisville visit and make a decision soon, to which I think that Louisville probably will end up being the decision, but there's you know some of the other ones that um, are familiar with Pierce Clarkson that we could have some work. And I know another time. topic we'll end up talking about, along with Kenny Payne's comments. I know I, I know you probably want to get into that as well, but the other uh, little topic of the news for Louisville and Texter says, uh, on 414-1450, was Trez bringing your re-up, TK? No, he was not. So uh, I know you saw Montrez here. A little bit of trouble here on the side of the river uh, last night. Uh, hopefully he will be okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on down the line, y'all going to talk about Imani Bates not committing potentially. Yes, here in the next segment after we get back from break, we will focus on that. Uh, my man says, I've given up on the Discord, by the way. Hey, man, I've done everything I can to get you in there. It, it, it's it's on you now. So that, that's completely up to you. But, um, you know, you're kind of wrapping things up with, with this recruiting weekend. And I really do think that this this weekend has the potential to completely vault this class into a, a totally different dynamic. And like, like I said, you have to take things with a grain of salt because just because they're committed on June, what is today, June 14th? Yeah, June 14th doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, signed to the program 
December whatever national sign. I mean, you could sign days. zero of these kids this weekend, and you still have a recruiting class. Oh my gosh, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, by global standards, especially. I, I had I mean, a couple I people ask me before that. the before the show um, earlier today. What do you think the chances are that Ruben Owens commits on or on or after his visit? And I said I don't really feel comfortable answering that because I truly don't know. I mean, first of all, for Louisville to be heavily involved with the number one running back in the country just still completely blows my mind. Like, I am still in shock that this is a thing, but this is just a testament to Scott Satterfield, Steve Clarkson, Pierce Clarkson, and so on and so forth. Um, I just am very hesitant on predicting uh, a player to commit to Louisville when Texas A&M and Texas are in the mix because we just saw what Jimbo Fisher and company did in the last recruiting class with how much they spent NIL-wise. So I think that, you know, as much as Louisville has gotten with the times in terms of, you know, name, image, likeness, and things of that nature, Texas A&M still out there. And we're also talking about a guy that is from the Lone Star State. So um, the work is cut out for them, but you couldn't be in a better position if you're Louisville right here. Speaking of uh, nil stuff, I guess uh, it's time to take a break, come back, and we'll come back. Uh, talk about uh, some of some, some coaches Louisville don't like to talk nil. They don't, they don't like hearing about that nil stuff. Yeah, but I think that also the people that listened to that statement took it way in the wrong way. Oh, well, I'm going to so, let you explain yourself. Yep. That's what they call a radio So we will, we will discuss that here in the next segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Music intros. Mike's taste is absolutely elite. Assuming that this is Mike's doing. No, God, no. This isn't no. Mike's doing. Oh no, I'm sorry, Mike. Mike, Mike I, I take away. I take away year, all of the praise that I just gave for your Mike music has taste. never. I don't think contributed contributed one song to the show. What kind of music does Mike like? Uh he looks like a guy who likes Nickelback. And I say that as a compliment because I like Nickelback. I don't care how much flack I get for that. Nickelback is good. Um, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't know where. It, uh, first of all, where did it, when did it become popular to hate on Nickelback? That's, I think because it's. I mean, they're Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. Uh... We're hating on their music <laughs> because because they're Canadian. Well, yeah, I mean, they produced a whole lot. I mean, yeah, they brought us, you know, penicillin and triple pursuit, but I mean, short of that, Canada and, and the Blue Jays, but other than that, the, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't say I hate Nickelback. Um, I have always had a good time in a drunken stupor singing rock star. Rock star um, is an but, elite song. But yes. uh, short of that, I've never been a huge. Uh, a huge That's Nickelback fair. fan. That's fair. As long as you don't slander, because I see a lot of like the 
the the but younger the generation like creating memes about Nickelback. I'm like, do you even know two songs by them? I mean, th- Nickelback's kind of like like one of those bands. It's like. <sighs> You want to hear something funny? They're kind of like they're kind of like heroin. Okay, like here's the thing, like because uh-huh. like no one admits to liking them or listening to them usually, but yet they sell like 50 million copies. Like no one ever admits they do heroin, I mean, but, but that wouldn't be the the, <laughs> the comparison I would have made. But I mean, it's so it's it's like one of those things. Like somebody's buying them, right? Somebody's downloading these. You want to hear something really? Yeah, no one ever wants to admit it. So my. Announcing voice is a lot deeper than the voice you hear right now. Yeah, why? You sound kind of docetone a little bit. Is it that's what I'm looking for? Yeah, you sound I'm, a little down. Are you? Are you happy? No, happy? I'm. I'm okay. I, I'm telling you, when the seasons change for like the worse, and they go from like decently cool to like really hot, and the pollen's heavy, like it completely messes with my system. But as I was saying, announcing wise, one time someone said you sound like the value market version of the Nickelback lead singer. And I didn't know what to say to that. Isn't that like Chad Kruger's name? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly his name. I'm like, how do you figure? And they're like, oh, you just have that raspy voice? I'm like, yeah, if I was yelling for 14 straight hours, I might sound (laughs) like him. But there's no way that I sound like him. I mean, completely blew my mind. I don't know. I could see you being... uh... Dude, uh, sing, sing, uh, sing the sing a verse from that god awful Spider Man song you did with the other dude. What? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Talking somebody, about- <laughs> somebody texted him. Mike has hated on Nickelback on the show many times. Oh, I I'm mean, sure. he, he does. I think he, well, he, there's more bands he probably hates. I mean, oh man, I'm trying to be nice. Mike's I mean, gonna, Mike, <laughs> if Mike listens back to. This, he's like, yeah, Dalton, this is it. This is a. Uh, it, it's been a fun ride. I appreciate you coming on. But uh, there, there's worse people you could name that I would I would I would mock you more than Nickelback. Probably. I think it's a compliment. But uh, that you like Nickelback or that you're about you? No, that I, the chat Okay, no, that that was just straight disrespectful, and I still don't even understand it. But regardless, what's wrong with Value Mart? A Value Mart version of anything <laughs> insinuates that you're trash. No, no, no. A value mark? Oh, like, no. in the what way that about? somebody says it, though, you like, you're a value... You, you, no, that's no disrespect to value mark, but if somebody says, oh, Dalton, you're a value mark announcer, like, <laughs> I think that, that's, that's nobody's going to take that. Like, oh, thank you. Well, first Nobody's of all, taking it like that. Thank goodness value mark's not a sponsor right now at this point, but if they were, kiss them goodbye. Yeah. Uh, they're not elite like Thornton's. No, they're not. No, they're <laughs> good, good, good call. As, as but, a reminder, Thornton's text line, 502 414 I don't think there's any insult in me calling. Like, uh, somebody called me a value mart, John Candy, I'd be happy. Somebody said Nickelback is the Titanic 2 of bands. You know, the ship is going to sink, but you have to watch. First of all, the movie Titanic is overrated. First of all, no, it's not. Yes, and it second is. Second of it's, all, it's an it, hour too long. Did you? Nah, don't Tell me it's me. not. No, I Tell don't. Tell me it's not. Don't think it is. Tell me it's not. I think Titanic gets a bad rep because everyone just it falls in that force first gump of all, category. First of all, let's be, so much let's, be compl- let's be completely honest. I Ro- like Rose definitely could have saved Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, that's debatable, and they no, have, there's that's... been tests to try to show and prove whether prove that is true or not. If you're referring to the door, are you referring to the door? I am. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. You're going to make me go off on a tangent on movies, and we will get into movies here at the top of the hour. But Did you know there is an actual Titanic 2? Is there really? It was straight to DVD, yeah. 
The the only the, I've never. How do you have it. a sequel to? The, what do you mean? <laughs> the only question I have. How do you have a sequel? Th- there's many questions I could have to this plot. The the one and initial initial question right away is, who'd be dumb enough to buy a ticket on that boat? Like, do you, who who wants a ticket on the, the Titanic? On the second Titanic or the first one? The second. Well, not me. I mean, it's just. Just out of just hey, whether you're superstitious or a little stitious. What I are they mean, gonna tell you? There's no way this boat can sink. Yeah, that's what you said the I first mean, time. Who, who do you who names the the boat the Titanic? Anyways, it went straight to DVD. In yeah. case you're wondering. Oh, I, I don't care. But <laughs> straight, I, to, straight to that bin at Walmart. <laughs> there has been a lot of people wondering about the Louisville basketball program after Kenny Payne made some comments that weren't controversial, but people turned them into controversy when he said, and this is uh, from uh, Ty Spaulding's tweet last night from U of L rivals. Uh, Kenny Payne says the NIL is a good thing. If we use it in the right way, if you're going to make a college decision on name, image and likeness, you're going to make a mistake. I lost a kid this year due to NIL. You will not come to this school for NIL. People took it. As, oh, this university is not going to compete with other schools uh, for name, image, and likeness. We are not going to, um, you know, entertain a a player wanting to get the most out of his value. And I I couldn't disagree with with the takes that people are giving right now. It's like people are trying to uh, come to this conclusion that Kenny Payne doesn't care about NIL. And I didn't take that from this. I think that he has a lot of merit in what he's saying. What he's saying is that, yes— you should be able to benefit off your name, image, and likeness. And here at the University of Louisville, you're going to get yours. You're going to get paid. Look, Josh Hurd and company have done a great job of um, you know, bringing this NIL um, dream to life. I know that there's some uh, collectives out there, and um, I don't know what the, the official term is. Um, for like NIL groups and stuff like that. But it's very clear that the University of Louisville is doing pretty well in the NIL realm in, in a couple of different sports. And, and they're gearing up toward, you know, revolutionizing it here at the University of Louisville. Josh Hurd has already done that, and he's going to continue to do that. Kenny Payne is not coming out here and saying, I don't care about the NIL. What he's saying is that you can't base a decision on your future on how much you are going to make in one or two years on the NIL, he's like, I want to get you to the pros. My goal is to get you to the NBA and make you a better man. I'm going to help you get paid here because the NIL is a thing, and we're going to help you with that. But he's also saying, you know, I, I don't have in, any interest in being the highest bidder. I would like you to come here because you want to learn to be a better professional and be a better athlete and a better player while also getting yours, if that makes sense. I, I don't I don't take it as, oh, we don't care about NIL. If you want any NIL money, you got you better go elsewhere. He's not saying that. People calm down. Stop making something out of nothing. What he's saying is that we're, you're going to get paid. But if the only reason you're coming here is is if we outbid another school, chances are I'm probably not going to match that bid. Well, I, depending on the school, I think Louisville should have no reason not to be able to match anybody's bid, especially when it comes to basketball recruiting. And, and but if the only when I, say I, recruiting, I, I, I get the I, merit, I, I like mean, if you're only making a decision based upon you know how much money you're going to make next year. I, I get where Kenny Payne's coming from. He's like, I want I want you here because you want to be no. here. And I understand, you know, you can say that like, oh, you need to get with the times. I don't think they're not getting with the times. I just think that there's a fine line of what Kenny Payne is saying and people are taking it to the to the extreme, which people in society do nowadays. I think I think there's I, I think you can you can look at it both ways. And, and yesterday I looked at it in more closer to the way that you're describing and, and that 
I, I get where, listen, Louisville is somewhat at this point, especially in recruiting, when you have nine men on your roster, you have one guard, uh, at least one point guard, and that's I'm playing fast and loose with that term because LLS is borderline a point guard. Uh, it's hard to say beggars can be choosers. Now, this year, and, this year and, it's and different, you, I will say, because, I, I mean, you know, it, it is interesting to see what this coaching staff is going to do in, in, as it pertains to next year, and you know, people mentioned Amani Bates. I, I, I'll just kind of come out here and say it. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come to Louisville. I don't know if he's going to go to Mission, Michigan. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do know. But if in the event that he does come, that's great. If he doesn't, it sucks because I think Amani's going to be a hell of a player. But I, I think that what and we don't know who who the player is that supposedly we could I. I'm gonna take a guess. I mean, there's there's people there's there's a player on the list. That there's we, only a, a a handful that it could be. Yeah, and and, and I, ha, I have a kind of a guess who it may be. I don't. I don't want, I'm not gonna say. That's but fine. I, I gotta have a guess because I don't have any information. I don't have right. any inside scoops. No one talks to me. No one likes to hang out with me. I'm a loner. Uh, but the I, I could I could make some educated guesses on who it might be just off my own personal opinions and thoughts, and knowing some of the players that have yeah. been and been involved with Louisville and have committed now since elsewhere. But if you're again, if you if you're angry at him, I I understand because like I said, I, I broke it down. You have nine guys. You have half a point guard. You have no other point guards after that. You have you're you're playing fast and loose with the term guard in general. When you talk about you know Landry and 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 James and possibly that two position as well because they may be more closer to threes and twos. Mm-hmm. Even though I kind of lump the wings together myself personally as one. But on the other hand, I also see where where Kenny's looking at it as if, and I don't know how the situation went down. But in the way he described it, it kind of feels like, you know, and, and you may be a little too young to remember blue chips, but, you know, you see a kid like a Matt Rover walk in, and Matt Nover, excuse me, walk in and be like, hey, you know, I'm a blue chip athlete. I deserve $250,000. And Nick Nolte throws him right out the door, even though he does keep him on the roster anyway because Nick Nolte's desperate to win that team. God love you, Pete Bell. But I can see where the kid walked in and, and, Ken, and Kenny Payne is like, listen, and I compared it yesterday to kind of like being on a first date. Like if you go out with a girl or a dude, whoever situation you're in, and like you go out and like you sit down, you're like, hey, so and so. If the first thing this the, the woman says, she's like, so how much money do you make? You're not going to want to really be with that person. You, you can probably tell right now this is not going to be somebody I probably want to be with. This is somebody who maybe doesn't concern themselves with winning as a team and as a team effort, and is more concerned about hey, I just want to get shots and I want to get paid. While I'm here, and I think a lot of that and, frustration boils over and um, I, and I from it. this. I think I think that there are, there's a good portion of the fan base that is already kind of upset because they're looking around, thinking, "Okay, we heard that Kenny Payne was a great recruiter. We've gotten two commits since he's you know stepped into the job. One of them was a uh, a mid four star prospect. The other one was a guy who averaged four points a game last year. Um, let's see let's see some of that recruiting magic, and then he makes these comments, and they're like, "Oh boy." And you don't know who the recruit Let was. Let me tee off. Again, oh also, boy! And, and so it's, I, yeah, I get, I get. Whatever side you sit on the fence, I think you can. You have every reason to possibly be a little upset with it. I wouldn't say that would be calling for Kenny's head in any way. I think that's. Oh no, he's, he hasn't been here ninety days. But you got to relax. I can also see where, relax. if you're looking at it through Kenny's perspective, maybe you know possibly this player's the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, and then maybe yeah, you, you are somewhat in. It's not out of the realm of possibility to say desperate for guards right now. But just because you're desperate doesn't mean you need to sell your soul. And possibly I could see Kenny looking at that go and say, listen, and this is only one-year hiccup. Going into next year, we have a full year 
of being able to recruit this next year's class. We've already gotten exactly. our foot in the door. We did. We were behind the times of this one. We came in. I'm hired here in March. You know how many kids are left in the top 100? I get the transfer portal is an e- is made it a lot different in this world. But we also have to look at the fact that Louisville, and we've talked about this on the show with my, me and my kid as well, to nauseum, is that this team, Louisville team, regardless of what the talent level is on the court, however good Kenny can coach, blah blah blah. This team could still be facing no tournament going into next season, and if you're a grad, and tra- then it's and a if, moot point. And if you're a transfer in the transfer portal, now if you're a guy with multiple years left, like a Tyrese Hunter or a Hutton the Help, and even Hunley, then, like I then mean, you can then you can be brought even, in, like Tyrese Hunter. Who's to say after a good second year he doesn't bounce for the league? And he probably wants to, but but the the grad transfers, the one year guys. I mean, listen. If they were going to be in the NBA, they would have left already. And they're they're staying in college to go to, maybe, to, to go to the NCAA tournament, maybe still get a chance at make, going into the NBA. Obviously, that's a as a dream they're going to hold on to, and they should. But for the most part, it is going to the NCAA tournament and maybe winning a champion championship like Reed Travis tried to do with UK, a McDonald's All American coming from Stanford to UK and getting to Elite Eight. You know, he he knew he wasn't going to play in the NBA. And a lot of these guards probably maybe do or do not know that, but. So this is the one-year chance for them to maybe get into a March Madness and win. And if Louisville doesn't know that going into the season, then that puts them behind the eight ball of these recruits. Now, obviously, Tyrese Hunter was an exception. You did lose him out to Texas. But you're not going to get every one of them. I mean, and the ones that have multiple years left on their in their in going into their future and from the transfer portal. Uh, of the two I mentioned, Louisville's fifty-fifty on them. A Bates is still a possibility. Dior Johnson was another one who they did lose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if that's really a bad thing, personally, if you ask me. But You're talking about a player who, I mean, so when he committed to Syracuse, he was a top-five player. Well, he completely went down boards. I mean, he was like, I think, what, 35 now? Not saying he's not talented, but it, it seemed like, um, you know, Louisville kind of looked into it, and they were probably like, eh, no thanks. I mean, you saw that with the with the top three he released. I mean – and that, that's no disrespect to Dior, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I do think that – I'm glad you mentioned it because the tournament ban, as much as people want to say, oh, look at Kansas, they're, they're recruiting well. Kansas just won a national title, and there's no, there's no indication that they might miss the tournament next year. Like, Louisville, it's very, very real. Like, it's a very real possibility. Like, it seems like, what, the IARP, does the, the ruling or the hearing or whatever, sometime this month, correct? Uh, Isn't it like this month? It seems like, yeah, it, it seems like um, it, it seems like a decision is on the horizon. Now, what are that, whatever that decision is, but I do wonder, assuming, let, let's say that Louisville doesn't get a postseason ban, or maybe they do. I wonder if there are any players that he's looking to try to get to reclassify. Excuse me if he's looking to get guys to reclassify. I don't think that DJ Wagner is going to be a reclass. No, I don't see um, he's already He's already kind of young for his age anyway, um, or young for his grade, I should say, so I don't necessarily see him being a guy that would reclassify. He would have to stay two years in college before he can go to the pros. Um, but, but I think you're right. I think if you are a mid-major guard, like let's say like a Malachi Smith or an Isaiah Mosley, um, and the Louisville comes calling, you're like, wow, it's the University of Louisville, but am I going to be able to play in the tournament next year? We saw what happened to Damian Lee and Trey Lewis. Guys don't want to have to have hey, to we go had through their that back. Again. Yeah, we gave them a, a replica ring and said, here you go. 
thanks stupid. thanks for your efforts. <laughs> we just made ourselves look like goofballs doing that. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I don't care about the, the sentiment. I mean, if it, if it, it, I don't care how other people felt. I mean, if it made the guys feel special, then it made the guys feel special. I don't really care what Kentucky fans have to say about what we did for them. And oh, I'm not like a Kentucky that. fan, and I still say it was goofy. I mean, it can be goofy in nature, but like I said, it doesn't matter to us. It only matters to to what what those guys, um, you know, have been able to do for us. Um, oh gosh, I can't read this. I, I love what's pulling forward. Uh, value, I can't read. Value this market one. meant sale not is that. second to none. What what's a, a meant sale? Uh, do you mean meat sale? I have no clue. Dalton, how many four-star commits do we get after this recruiting weekend Discord gang? Shout out to the Discord gang, by the way. A lot of a lot of good guys out in that realm. Um, four-star commits. Huh. Ah, this is a good, good question. I'm going to go with one. And, and and that's kind of on the fence whether or not I, it really just kind of depends on on the on how the visit goes. But I have one in mind that it would not surprise me. Let's put it that way: it wouldn't surprise me if we got a four star commit after this weekend. Uh, you're talking about the football, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I would. All I, the place. I, I the the rating stars. I I'm not really. I just don't follow recruiting enough to, to worry about ranking and the rating stars. I just it, it gets me excited when I see that we get somebody. That's, <clears throat> It's considered a three or four or star, three even a three star or four star really at this point, but I don't mean I, I don't pay that much unfortunately attention to it, uh, which just leads me to a text saying on a text on TK being serious while Mike is out. This is wild. Uh, not completely serious just yet. Give give me a minute. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm I, I, I'll change. Trust me. I, I'll go back to my uh, my, my my normal. Antics, uh, of course, later on, the same person texts and says, uh, TK is trying to uh, mediate. I think Dalton is ki- uh, kind of sounds like Nickelback guy. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> That's probably the best Nickelback burp? voice I can do. <laughs> yeah. the hell was that? You scared the crap out of me, dude. <laughs> I was trying to do it like I'm in a re- very I'm subtle way. I'm looking down, reading a text, <laughs> and I'm like, next thing I know, I've got like the Kool-Aid guy jumping through here or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a big rock star. I, I, was trying to do it, I was trying to do it subtle without it being just completely just. What's your What's your ignorant. favorite Nickelback song? Um, is it Photograph? No. <laughs> Have you seen the memes where it's like, "Look at this graph," and it's just him just smiling, just very discreetly. Oh, it's comedy. But no. uh, my favorite Nickelback song. Um, favorite Nickelback song. We're going to go with "Saving Me." Saving Me. I'll very, look that very one up later. Song. Uh, it says it's a good radio voice, but don't worry, dude. Uh, show has gone off the rails. I was awesome. always told I had a good face for radio. Uh, I've got a good body for the blind. Uh, and <laughs> Texas wants to know, what is your opinion on Arby's? I, uh, I'm not opposed to it. Like I have to be like in a mood for Arby's. Like I can't just go, man, I want some Arby's right now. When you like, say a mood, you mean drunk? No. Uh, and you're drunk, over 21, mood, so we can point mood, that out. Drunk mood's like Taco Bell. Taco Bell's any mood. Taco Bell is a wake mood. Taco Bell's awesome. So is Arby's though. I I guess it's like if what? I'm like really hungry because like I don't know. Like I, I'm a big beef and cheddar fan. Like they beef used to have that they good. used to have that like two for five thing. If like if I yeah. feel like balling on a budget, 
that's where I'm like, uh, let's go to Arby's. But mm-hmm. I, I don't catch myself off and go, man, I'm waking up thinking I want some Arby's today. Ballin' on a budget. That sounds like a pure oxymoron if I've ever heard one. Uh, Texture that says, yes, the meat sales at Value Market are second to none. I thought that's <laughs> what he meant. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, listen, I, I, I'm not going to knock Value Mart. I don't know if Value Market, I don't know if that's the place I'm buying my meat, though. May hold off on that. That's kind of like getting an Arby's from a gas station at 3 a.m. At, at, at a Love's gas station in Topeka, Kansas. That might not be the best option. But I'll take your word for it, Texer. <laughs> you apparently have not uh, come away with hepatitis C just yet, so, you know, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one that says, surprise, Higgy hadn't texted you telling you about Whataburger. Whataburger, look, okay. You ever had Whataburger? Be- before we go on break, for the record, Whataburger is the best fast food joint out there. I don't burger know about wise. that, but hands down. Tell me I'm wrong. I think you might be wrong. You're, you you are allowed to be wrong. I've had Whataburger. Today. I've had Fat Burger. I've had In and Out. I've had Jack in the Box. I've, what's what's better than Whataburger? I mean, Fat Burgers are probably better. Cap. Incorrect. Have you ever had Fat Burger? Yeah. Okay. Have you have you had the Wagyu Burger from Arby's yet? No. In fact, Ooh, I'm kind of scared. Ooh, look at that. Look, look at Mr. Judge without a con, without contest. Oh, I, I'm not going to. There's definitely going to be no way I, I sink my teeth into an Arby's burger and come You're away with it. You're getting an Arby's yeah, burger? Yeah, man, and this is better than Whataburger. No, there's no way. There's just no I, just, I just refuse to get uh, anything other than roast beef at an Arby's. You know they have all the meats, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm kind of scared they have, of. They have, have you ever like, had, they've never had burgers, so I'm like, uh. Well, they, they found themselves lying when they said they had all the meats. They were lacking one meat. And now they have it. Oh, and it's Lord. actually a very tasty little burger. Uh, I, I might have to try it. Whataburger's not bad. I do like Whataburger. I do like Whataburger don't get me wrong. It's very, very, um, it's very available in Houston. As yeah, you know, every time I go to Houston, I have to go to Whataburger. Do you go no, to Houston please. a lot? Uh, yeah, probably about once a year. Well, what, what's in Houston? Do you know what teams I like? I'll tell you, you're an Astros fan, aren't and you? And a Rockets fan. That's right. I forgot about those two. I knew I couldn't remember the other two other sports. I just remembered the Chargers for some reason. That's all right. I've been in Houston in the airport. That doesn't. Never tell you the time. I ever tell you a story about my time in Houston Airport? No. Do I want to know? No, probably not. But okay, uh, you're going to tell me anyway, right? Doing, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> you're not listening to this show. Uh, Mike tells me every time he doesn't want to hear my story, and I still tell him regardless. I'll tell you before we go to break. Uh, I was in a layover in Houston. Uh, had about thirty minutes, maybe less. Uh, I had less than 30 seconds to get to a bathroom. And unfortunately, the, the, <laughs> I, me- like the men's room, I went to go, go to the men's room and it's closed for cleaning. I said, where's the next closest bathroom? They say down, down, uh, what seemed like, but they, they, they said down the hall and like to the right. And Which like, ended I, up being half a mile. You had to take a shuttle and, to get to. And I, it's probably, yeah, it's probably like 50 yards in reality. But when I looked at it, it what's was like your, what's your forty time? It was like something forty minutes. It was something when I looked down the hall, it looked like something like it looked like a mile and a half. Like it looked like <laughs> a scene from The Shining or something. Like it looked like it was a never ending hallway. Lord. And so I, I I had to think fast. And I look, and the men's room is closed. It's locked. I mean, what, what's my options? Trash can, water fountain, the women's bathroom. So I just I run into the women's room, use the bathroom. You know, no, I didn't see anybody in there. And as I'm starting to, you know, as I'm finishing and I'm, I turn around and this woman walks in and she goes, I thought this was the women's room. And I just looked at her as honest as me and says, I am a woman. And I just kept walking and she just gave me the weirdest look and I just left. That is my Houston story. Oh, that is my experience in Houston. Are you glad you held on for that? 
No. You hear no, that? You not. hear all that? That's the sound but of channels am, turning right I now. I am very interested <laughs> in what you have to say or what your opinion will be on this topic that we're going to talk about coming up here after break. Nickelback. You're listening to the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450, The Big X. The river to jump in. My baby showed up and said, I will tell you where now. Torn down. I'm on the river with the ground. Well, I feel like this when my baby can't be found. to Mike for this great music taste. Another great music intro from Mike. I mean, Mike doesn't have bad taste in music. Don't get me wrong, but no. And today, and today's music all has one uh, one special connection. What's that? Oh, I'm not going to tell you just yet. You got to figure that out. Oh, okay. And I did it just for you, though. <laughs> now, this, if I'd known it was Nickelback, I would have given you Nickelback today. But uh, is it from Roadhouse? It is the theme of music from theme yeah. soundtrack from Roadhouse. Uh-huh. Who is the house band in Roadhouse? Buddy, I don't know. I ain't watched it in five years. You are That is your namesake, my friend. Buddy, when, did, I when was, did this movie come out? Uh, 1987, 88 maybe? So a decade before I was born. No excuse. Oh, don't, no, do not give me the, it was a decade before I was born BS. I have never, I do, I do not abide by that. You, there is plenty of things that came out before that you were born that you know about. Name them. I don't, Name slip, one. Let me slip into your head here. What Name year one. were you born again? 98. 98. Name one. Do you know who Dwan Weed is? Yeah. Okay, guess what? <laughs> what? He wasn't there. He wasn't, he weren't, he weren't, he weren't <laughs> born when he was a little boy. Uh, do, you know, do, you know, do you know who Kenny Payne is? I don't know. Uh, name doesn't ring a bell. Do, does Kenny Payne ring a bell? No. How about Danny Manning? Don't know who that is. <laughs> How about... Uh, <laughs> Danny Manning. How about Denny Crum? Actually, he was at Louisville when you were still alive. Oh, like... You, are, you, you mean like Crumbs Lane? Yeah. Like yeah. Over in Shawnee? Yeah, I know. Is that what they rub named after? I have no clue. I can you have tell the, you. Here's the thing. You have, your generation has the internet. It's not just for <laughs> iTunes, TikTok, and porn, people. It's great for those things, but it's not just for those things. Look stuff up. Learn. Read. Expand. I'm actually, when I have this, and this is my, here, I'm going to go full boomer on you here. Oh, this great. is my old. As Mike likes to say, I'm either 16 or 60. I'm never in between. And here I'm going to go 60 on you. I am. I like. I'm not mocking you or like like looking down. Like how dare you haven't seen that? Honestly, I'm more. I'm more envious of you and you and 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 your and your younger generation. It's an interesting because. Take. You have all these great movies and television shows that you still have not had the opportunity to see because I have been over the past month or so, like going back and watching some of the classics that I haven't seen. Yeah, you have just so much. Like, there's so much out there you can still watch that you just aren't have not been able. And it's all at your fingertips with streaming sites and 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 on demand. You being Netflix guy? Uh, I'm every streaming site guy. Have you seen the new Hustle movie? I have not. Oh, come on. How are you going to preach to me about watching movies, but you haven't watched the hottest movie out yet? It's Well, I, I, not in theaters, because the new Top Gun was fantastic. Wow. I think we disagree on the word fan, what the term fantastic okay, means. Okay, you're right. Incredible. Uh, 
Does Incredible mean generic and boring? Okay, it was definitely not boring. <laughs> it was. Have you seen the original Top Gun? Yeah. Okay, because that was what you just watched. You watched a paint by numbers generic sequel of it. It was still good. Yeah, it was a sequel. But the the hustle movie. I'm it was sure Jurassic you, I'm Park sure, Three. I'm sure you're aware. Of, first of all, Jurassic Park Three I liked as well. Okay, well there. <laughs> so the and you like Nickelback? Good okay. lord, man! Consistency is key. Have Mike, you, I know you're in Hilton uh, Head. Come back now. Have you have you at least heard about the hustle movie? Um, it's the one with Adam Sandler, um, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Anthony Edwards. Le- I think LeBron's a director of it. LeBron James. What other LeBron would I be speaking about? That's a good. That's actually a yes, good question. LeBron James. I'm, I'm curious if there was another LeBron out there. Right. LeBron James. You haven't heard about it at all. Uh, not familiar with it. No. Is so it, is it made for Netflix? Yeah. Oh, it has to be a Adam yeah. Sandler so, movie. Yeah. So. A general synopsis without ruining it. Basically, there's a uh, international player. Uh, Adam Sandler is an assistant oh, coach, or he's a scout for yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers. He goes and he meets a player who is Juancho Hernan Gomez, who plays in the NBA, but his name's, I think, Bo Cruz. Um, he comes over and um, competes to get into the draft combine. He's competing against like Anthony Edwards. I mean, there's people that have cameos like Kenny Smith. Um, like I said, Anthony Edwards, Kyle Lowry, Matisse Thybul. I mean, there are a plethora of NBA players in this. And I'll be honest with you, Anthony Edwards secured a bag on this one. Anthony Edwards is going to be cast for some other movies because the charisma that he has, just the overall swagger and, and the the character he portrays, I think he does it in, in a hell of a job. I mean, I think that Anthony Edwards is going to be one of those, maybe not former players because he's a current player, but like, once he gets out of the league, I could see him definitely being one of the former athletes to be in a lot of movies. And I never would have thought, like, you know, like you never know, like, if, if you know, players are good actors because, like, some are and some aren't. But I'm telling you, man, he did a great job. Like, you have to go watch the movie. And Juancho Hernan Gomez did great, too. And it's just a kind of a feel-good type of movie. I, uh, I, man, I, two things come to mind. And I, I and maybe I will give it a shot. One, no, there's no maybe giving it a shot. You have to one, give him give it a shot. I don't know if Adam Sandler has made a good movie since you've been alive. Are, okay, two. Okay, Grown Ups isn't a good movie. Do you do you enjoy cinema or do you or are you just Rotten Tomatoes? How am I Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes is like easier than a prom date when it comes to giving out scores. I, I don't think so. I think Rotten they're. Tomatoes I think gave, they're very critical on. Things. Oh no, Rotten Tomatoes! I, I don't trust them one bit. I mean, no, more often than not, you, you have to take the opposite away of their score. Like they gave Top Gun Maverick a ninety-seven. As it's more, they it's more like a seventy-nine. Um, which that's because culture about fifty-nine. Probably. You're allowed to be wrong. I don't know if I, like you're pushing hustle hustle to me, and I don't know like. Have you seen Space Jam willingly? <laughs> then why would you not watch Hustle? Well, what do you? What do you first have? of all, first of all, first, were you even born when Space Jam came out? I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it. It's been a long time, but I've seen it. It wasn't it, it's really just, my cup it, of tea. It's one of the. Well, first of all, it. Let's call a spade a spade here. You're not going to sit here no, and look at the word saying and look at <laughs> any saying. Let's let's call a spade a spade. A sports movie, you're rarely ever going to look at and think, "Oh man, this is." Uh, you know, a revolutionary film. Sports movies fall under two categories. You have the uh, generic um, a has-been, kind of hits a, a pit of despair and makes his way back up into something and reaches a milestone, or you have someone who just sucks and they continue to build up until they get to a certain level at the end of the movie. That's basically kind of a blanket area for sports movies. That's probably about 90% of them. 
So, are you saying a sports movie can't be good? No, no, no. I'm saying that we can't look at sports movies for more than what they are. A lot of them are just kind of feel-good movies. Well, they're, they're kind of in, in playful in manner that we shouldn't judge too heavily and just kind of like an Adam Sandler movie, it's not going to sit here and make you rethink The Da Vinci Code. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a comic relief film. Well, there are some sports movies that aren't just comedy, though. Yeah, but they also fall under that blanket comedies, of there, there's like a, there's like templates for sports movies. Okay, um, uh, success, despair, success, or you know, no success, more success, a lot of success at the end of the film. It's, I mean, you're not inventing. You're, yeah, I'm not asking anyone to reinvent the wheel when it comes I say to all that plot lines to and say arcs. this. You can't be too critical of these types of movies, especially when you know that it's going to be a very lighthearted kind of you know, comic relief type film. Yeah, but you can have bad acting and bad plot. I agree, but and you, H- and Hustle get, isn't either. And, and, and listen, you have to give it a chance. And, and, you know, going back to Top Gun, I've said that, that's the way I described it. Listen, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's just a, if that's what you like, that's fine, but it's not anything special. It's a, it's a run, paint by, it's a paint by number sequel. The only difference it's done forty years later instead of four years later. Right. I mean, there's nothing abnormal, but it's not close to the original. It's kind of rip off of the original, if anything. But it's and the ending. Sucks. Regardless. But yeah, this um, isn't about Top Gun. This is about the this is fact about that hustle. you're do- you're dodging the you're dodging the. Um, I just don't know if I can take. Listen. I, I, Rocket Spain, I can, I can okay. It's Chargers, an I'm hour. Good. It's less than two hours of your life. What were you? What are you going to watch in its place? Are you going to rewatch Re-run- Roadhouse for the seventy fifth time in the past four years? I just might. See, that's. Do you know Roadhouse has a sequel? That's another point. <laughs> Sequels are ninety five percent trash. Yes, they and we're are. going to talk about one sequel here. I-, I asked you to give me your top two favorite, not best favorite, just because they're your favorite. M- doesn't necessarily mean they're the, the the most highly rated. So let's let's get that out of the way for for the listeners who well, think oh, trash is another man's Yeah, exactly. What are your? Let, 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 give me one of your top favorite sports movies of all time. You have two options, and you said, oh, "Can you give me a, oh, a you, genre?" Listen, you, no, you don't understand how no. much I, I, I and I don't love much. I love watching different movies, and well, congratulations, movie, we all do. Every movie has a different like. It's every movie has, is special in its own way. Like, I love so many different genres of different movies. I don't know. Like, if you had made me pick two. Yep, you get one. What's, what's the first one? I'm picking one? No, you, you, you get one right now. What's the first one? Well, number one will be Major League then. Okay, that's fine. That's a good movie. Uh, it's very, the, very good quality It's the film. best sports comedy uh, out there. No, it's not. Um, well, yes, yes, sports comedy. I'll, it's I'll, the best sports comedy out there. It's I'll arguably one of the best, better baseball movies of all time. Um, mm-hmm. So Major Agreed. League is probably number one. I don't, see, doesn't mean, see, doesn't I like mean I'm loving Major League Two, even though you know. no sequels are trash. <laughs> I agree. Um, what's for the, the most other part? One? There are a few. There are a few exceptions to sequels. Before before I tell you my two, what, what's the other one? Oh man, I'm torn. This is this is where I'm. T- this is a very okay. Well, you you, you we'll come back. I, it's, one a, of mine, it's, it's kind of a tie between two movies. One one of mine is Moneyball. I like Moneyball. I love Moneyball. I think Brad Pitt did a good job. I think J- this is probably one of Jonah Hill's best works. I think that he fits really well into this role. Um, I like I, him and this is the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Something really unchill happened last night. <laughs> I don't want to, I really don't want to know. Um, but anyways, Moneyball, I like, it, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's a feel good story, but like at the end, it kind of comes back down to reality because it's kind of based on a true story as well. Very, that, that's, and I like Moneyball too, but here's the, and, and this is a full disclosure. 
Like my friends don't like watching sports movies with me that are based on true events because I'm the guy that goes, yeah, but what about this or that? You know, they, they left out this and that. And that's fair. And Moneyball is another yeah, example. You talk about the, the you watch Moneyball right now, but oh, you want to go to an A's game to where we're going to be one of 12 people in the stands right now? I mean, but Moneyball, like the only problem, and, and I like Moneyball. I like Brad Pitt. I, I thought, uh, you know, I, in general, I like the movie and, I, and I'll watch I've watched it multiple times and I'll watch it again. It just the only the thing that stuck out to me and kind of annoyed me was they just completely ignored the fact that one he was far from the first person to come up with sabermetrics and doing that. You know why? And second, they completely ignored the the pitching staff, which was the whole reason why they were any good. You know why? Tell him why, Pete. Because he gets on base. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just how do you not talk about the pitching staff, which is the only? It wasn't David Justice and Hatterberg why they were any competitive. It was that it was they had the best pitching staff in baseball with Hudson. Uh, and who was the other three? It was shout out to Chris Pratt. Who was the, the three guys? I forget their names now, off the top of my head. It was Tim Hudson and uh, you know, the one went to the Cardinals. They all left after a year or two, but which well, that's kind of how the A's work. You become good, you don't get paid, and you go elsewhere. <clears throat> And they didn't even talk about was it Tejada who was the, probably the MVP of the team and played shortstop. I mean, I, I they didn't get even it. bring him up. That, that is true, and why you would be um, it's little things you know, like that that skeptical kind of because me, yeah. you're like, okay, you can take one angle of something, but you can't tell the Moneyball story without talking about it in its entirety. And like you said, the Saber metrics didn't start with the Oakland days. No, no, he he learned it from the general manager who he trained under. Exactly, they were doing it so, for years before he got exactly. there. Exactly. So, so I mean, it's it's a fun movie. Don't get me wrong, and I like it. It just when it comes to movies based on true stories, especially in sports, I, I sometimes it bothers me because I feel like they they they'll change stuff that has no reason to be changed, and and yeah. or just or like just how do you not? And they didn't. I'm not saying they changed a lot in that movie, but like just you know, throw in a line or two there, you know, just to, to mention, hey, we do have happen to have the three best pitchers in baseball, you know, maybe that's why we're winning one nothing games with a with a catcher playing first base for the first time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, I don't know. Toss it in there somewhere. That's I, I all I ask. That's going to What's lot, your right? second one? You, you've had time. You've I had know. probably about four minutes. Hey, that's three minutes longer than I've need. Um, I don't care what you say. The rules are I'm bending them. I'm going to say a tie between Bull Durham and the wrestler. Okay, Bull Durham, yes, wrestler. Not my cup. You're of not tea. a wrestling fan. That's no. fine. It didn't so that I'm not, I'm not. I'm not qualified to speak on that because I'm not a big wrestling. I am fan, a wrestling so. fan, and the, I'll let you. That movie is very. A lot of the stuff that's in that movie that's portrayed is how a lot of it goes, and it's uh, very heartbreaking to watch. So it's uh, not to mention of the movies we're talking about. You mentioned that movies are light Sports movies can be lighthearted. Are you a big Kevin Costner guy? This is a movie that was nominated for for for, for best picture. Um. Yes, to a degree. I love, uh, I like, I mean, Bull Durham is awesome. Uh, Shelton, who wrote the movie, also wrote White Man Can't Jump, which is another favorite of mine. How do you feel about Jack Harlow being in the, in the, in the sequel? I, the, you mean the reboot? Or same thing. Well, no, no, there's a difference. I, I get it, but you, you, you see what I'm, One is against, I'm, I'm one, going yeah, for Yeah, in the reboot? Obviously, it's not a sequel unless Woody Harrelson is still hooping at whatever age he's hooping at. I would rather jump off a building and hope to catch my eyelid on a loose nail on the way down than watch that movie. That is quite a descriptive. <laughs> that I mean, that is there's descriptive, and it's almost like you've thought about that. You've been waiting to use that for some time now, and just, you're like, okay, Dalton, there you go. Thank that just you. popped in my head, really. <laughs> I just, no. We talked about Kevin Costner, and this is probably one of the hottest takes because it is not... Um, 
you know, very highly cinematically rated. Um, people don't have a ton of good things to say about it, but it's very lighthearted. I think it's interesting. It kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, and I loved it. Is draft day? Oh God, you and yeah, I can't. Oh, good lord! Kevin Costner did great. Draft day. What's Chadwick on? Boseman did great. I thought it was it was fun, and I really like. I can go back and watch it at any time. Like I could pick up at any point in the movie. What is and your watch definition it. of fun exactly? Like. It's a it's a it's a fun sports movie. Like I'm, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite. I'm not saying it's one of the best because okay. it's not. Right. But it, it, if we're talking about, I get a tie. I'm going Caddyshack after that. But I love Caddyshack. Here's the thing about it is, it's almost like a comedy with sports in it rather than being a sports movie. Does that make sense? I guess. Like it's more of like a, a of a comedy with like a little bit of sports rather than just like a full on sports movie. I mean. Yeah, but Rodney I, Rodney Dangerfield, like it's fantastic, and the sequel's just trash. Wait, are you talking about Caddyshack Two? Caddyshack Two is oh, trash. Caddyshack is one of the worst sequels ever made. But Caddyshack, right the, the original one, two. did you? I don't know. I don't know if you've heard this, but like there was like talk about how they had to film it like in like certain settings because of how like busy like Chevy Chase and and um you know some of the other actors and actresses were. Like Chevy Chase was only there for like his parts, and then kind of left because he was yeah. filming other uh, other works. I think that was just kind of interesting, but and, yeah, no. Uh, and I do love Cash. Don't get me wrong. I well, first of all, I love Rodney Dangerfield in general. I mean, easy I mean some money, of the one liners I'll say on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, you know, if I, you're wearing a bad hat, I mean, I'm I, I'm going to be insinuating that you're getting a bowl of soup with it. Would you like to make thirteen dollars the hard way? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some underrated Dangerfield lines in the movie. Hey, he says it. Uh, I'm aware. I've seen it multiple <laughs> it's times. A great movie, and it's funny. Uh, when I when you talk when if you'd ask me what I consider like the best sports movies, that would have probably been above uh, the wrestler for me. But you asked a personal favorite one, and that that was why that was tied with Bull Durham with me. Mm-hmm. And because I, I do love Bull Durham, I can quote that movie as well. Uh, Draft day. Uh, it wasn't. Power to it, you, was, buddy. it wasn't. Uh, and I understand. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people like it, yeah. and, I, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I could see why you wouldn't, but for me, like I can just I, I can't explain why, but I can just go back and watch it at any time. Like it's one of the most rewatchable movies for me because it's not something that like I have to like truly pay attention to. I can kind of have it on in the background. But I'm gonna it, be honest. Kind of a, I'm almost slightly afraid to ask you what your most hated sports movie is. Uh, most overrated? Yeah, because like. Some of your favorites are some of my most hated. <laughs> oh man, well, like, I what's, hated draft day. <laughs> what's 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 one of the most overrated ones in your opinion? And, well, anything Jerry Bruckheimer does with first of all, I mean Jerry Bruckheimer is like just the cancer to sports movies. Uh, he's and, and I say that, and somebody's going to go, "How dare you hate Remember the Titans?" Listen, Remember the Titans was a fun movie if you look at it from the fact that none of it was true. Like ninety percent movie was was falsified. I, I and made like up. remember the Titans. It's a good movie, but it's not a. It's okay. You can't fine. use the word based on true story because Jerry Bruckheimer poops on the facts, and he did the same thing with Glory Road. And I'm a U of L fan, and I felt bad for Kentucky fans because that movie was awful, and that's another Bruckheimer film. Anything he touches with sports, oh, man. is crap. I feel like you're either going to agree with me fully, or you're going to absolutely butcher me here. Another one I hate is The Blind Side. That movie was awful too. Uh, I. Can't say this with full certainty, but I feel like Michael Orr went back and like kind of debunked a lot of the things that like, happened. Was like, yeah, those actually didn't happen. Oh yeah, most and, of and it I, was crap. <laughs> I, I get it. Like a lot of things have to be like um, adapted for cinema uh, and, and stuff like that. And there's some you know falsification in there, but like 
it kind of takes away from the luster because it's like, okay, if this didn't happen, why are, why is it in here? Okay, and I understand. If it's based on Michael Orr, why are you telling fake stories about Michael Orr? I mean, I can, you want you want, you got to curve the truth a little bit. Okay, listen, I love Hoosiers. But if it's downright wrong, I love Hoosiers. And Norman Dale wasn't in his first year; he was in his third. They were they were a team that went to the the Final Four of the tournament the year before, and were somewhat of a favorite despite the school size to repeat and maybe even win the state championship. So I get that you're doing it for dramatic effect. You don't you don't mention that, and that movie kind of grandfathered in. But when like I watched Blindside and they they put like Sandra Bullock's character on this pedestal, when I was like, dude, her and her husband were just like the most crooked boosters you can get. They were constantly buying recruits. I mean, like you're gonna make them look like saints. They were the devils. Mm-hmm. Devils. Oh, oh man. Here, so give me give me your most overrated. What what movie makes you cringe in sports? It's not that I. It makes me cringe. I, I just don't like it, Rudy. I just don't like it. Your mic's turned off. <laughs> You're done. You're gone. Fired. No, I'm sorry. Kidding. You can keep talking. He was offsides. No, he was offsides. Rudy was offsides. Defeats the whole purpose of the movie. That defeats the entire purpose no. of the. <laughs> I just like. I remember the first time I watched it. I'm like, eh, it's all right, but like, I can't sit down and like rewatch it. I don't. Oh, I, I can. can't tell you why. I cannot tell you why. For me, like when people talk about the best sports movies and talk about Rudy, I'm like, huh, to you, Rudy is uh, Rudy's an inspiration to all of us. Rudy is awesome. Uh, Rudy is so good. I love the movie Rudy, despite the fact I despise Notre Dame. Yeah, that that's how much I. I'm also the movie. not of a. One of my favorite things was to be able to interview the the Angelo. What's his name? What's his last name? It's Angelo. Um, he's the gentleman who wrote and directed both Rudy and Hoosiers. I got to interview him a couple times and was. Enjoy doing that. He's an Indiana guy, so obviously that's why we, I had the opportunity to talk to him. I like Field of Dreams. I don't Field love of Field Dreams of Dreams. Is is Walk on Water godlike? I like. I, I I think that's some of Kevin Costner's best work. You, you is or isn't? I think it is. Some okay, because I work. can quote Field of Dreams all day long. I tried. I once attempted to drive through a snowstorm in a Prius just to get to the the, the set of Field of Dreams. Yeah. I didn't make it, unfortunately. I, I, the la- last, last stuff we'll talk about movies. The last movie I don't like. I, I like it, but because the show is so much better, is Friday Night Lights. Well, the book was better than all of it. Yeah. Well, they, it, usually the book tends to be better than the movie anyway. Never seen the show. The show is fantastic. One of the top five best shows I've ever seen. But the so, but yeah. the movie the movie like I liked the movie when I saw it, but like going back and like because I'm such a big fan of the show, I watched the movie. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's mid. It's all right, MJF. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, Angelo Pizzo, yes, thank you, uh, Scoots McGee, Scoots McDuck, uh, for, for, for why do people get so worked up over about movies? It's cinema, it's life. Well, there's debates, actually, it's if it's, it's cinema, it's not life, it's fantasy. Okay, but watching, <laughs> mov- watching movies is life, like it's life to debate things. Ooh, so, I mean, it's... first of all, this this texter said only UVL fans drink Bud Light, not this UVL fan. Bud Light is trash. Well, I don't drink anymore, but when I did, I drank only Bud Heavy. So, well, I never drank Bud Light, I always thought Bud Light was for like, like. I don't know, like getting a Diet Coke. Yeah. Well, a regardless, we've spent a lot of this time talking about movies. Man, Probably a little bit more than chest. I thought I would it's want to. It's summertime. What do you expect? There's not much else to kind of talk about. But regardless, I, I do want to um, kind of transition back over into football. Um, I don't know if you've seen Trev. Bet Online has released the projected win totals for the 2022 football season. Take a guess on what it has Louisville as. 
You mean our over-under win total? Yes. Uh, well, the majority of them had it at five and a half. Okay, so, so you've seen it. Okay, yeah. that's I So five and a half. Yeah. What's the initial reaction? I mean, uh, my initial reaction was that seems low, but, I mean, we're also talking about a team that barely won six games last year, so maybe it's not that low. Um, I would take, if you ask me which side I'm betting, if I, you give me money, and not that I'm a gambling man, by the way, let me get on DraftKings and make a bet today because I am an addict at that. I would probably take the over, but, I mean, I would take the over, but I, I guess I can see where five and a half is not unlogical. I mean, I get you have to be somewhat conservative when it comes to win totals because you're basing it a lot on the year the year prior. But if you watched Louisville, I mean, we're we're a couple quarters away from being nine and three. It's a moot point because yeah, we're also a couple quarters said, away from being three and nine. Possibly, yep, it's said and it's done. You can play the hypothetical shoulda, coulda, woulda game all that you want, but the reality, of the fact is, you went six and seven. When I saw the win totals come out, kind of almost simultaneously with the opening line game, which was Louisville minus four points against Syracuse, which is now down to minus three. Trev, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, well, I'm not too much of a betting man. I just lose my money. But if I was truly a betting man, I would go. Well, we're already across the across the river. I would go down the road to Horseshoe Casino or wherever I could place this bet. And oh, there's a, there's hammer, a book right now, far from right here. I would hammer the Louisville over. Of five and a half wins. I would hammer, I would completely, I'd put a mortgage on the Louisville minus three or four against Syracuse. Are you kidding well, me? Well, you, you you already feel like Louisville's winning five games in the first five games, correct? I mean, close to, I don't think, I don't see why they shouldn't or couldn't. Well, I, I mean, they do, Florida State was the other team I forgot about, by the way. In that yeah, and, and Louisville has had semi their number. But it's Sy- Syracuse, is, but there's not, there's, there's a chance Syracuse ends up as one of the bottom two teams in the ACC this season. Louisville should not lose to Syracuse. Louisville probably theoretically should not lose to Florida State, but I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I wouldn't say they should beat Central Florida because, let's be honest, I mean, they were a tipped interception away from possibly losing to them last year. Who? Central Florida. Yeah. I mean, I mean they all, they do lose Dylan Gabriel, though. I, mean, I will say that. They do, but they also brought in – didn't they bring in a transfer? Yes. Other than Joey Gatewood, yes, but I don't know who I forget the name. Of it was yeah, it was it was somebody had a name, and now I'm drawing a blank on it as well. But it, I mean, and not I don't mean the receiver they got from Alabama. Uh, I mean, so I mean, Louisville could have easily lost that game to them last year, and, and someone got lucky too when it. I mean, I'll take the luck, don't get me wrong, but it, it, this, the fact is, is they did get somebody lucky to win that game. It's not. I mean. <sighs> I mean, is there is it's there a not world crazy where to win? say five and a half? No, it's even and I'm not. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it. Like like I said, I mean, I I remember going on the Locked On Louisville podcast that I was hosting a couple weeks ago and saying that like I get it. Like I'm not disagreeing with that being the number. I'm just saying I'm more optimistic than the fact that Louisville's going to get five wins. And I honestly think that we're looking at possible bowl eligibility. I mean. I mean, I don't know. Like, you're probably looking. The James Madison game is probably a game, in my opinion, to where you're probably over six wins there already. Because there's no confidence. I'm, I'm not 100 percent we're just going to beat James Madison. James Madison is an interesting trip up game. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's a horrible game to, to schedule, and it's not. But talked about Syracuse, before. Central Florida, Florida State, South Florida, and Boston College are the first five. Is there a chance that Louisville goes five and zero? Oh? Yes. Am I being a little bit too optimistic? Maybe. But am I wrong for thinking that there's a chance? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And and I get you have some concern here, but look, Louisville's returning, what, 18 or so starters? 
from a team that, you know, I like to look at things optimistically speaking, but also in, in a very you know, realistic sense, like it should have been better than what we saw record-wise last year. I mean, it's a Central Florida team that's probably not better than the one that they played last year. Florida was the guy they brought in? That's a good question. Florida State's an interesting one. I think that Friday night game, uh, season opener for Louisville, I think that this you know, Cardinal Stadium is probably going to be rocking. South Florida is going to be a win, in my opinion. The kicker here and the real uh, measuring stick are a couple of toss-up games. Boston College is one of those. You're yeah, playing. especially if they've got uh, Jerkovic actually back because we got lucky. I don't say we got, but we kind of got lucky getting them last year without him. So and they, were, they were a completely quick different story offensive time. team with him. Quick story time. Um, went up to Boston. I think I told you this uh, on the last episode when that came on. Went up to Boston with my dad to watch my sister play, who plays for, who played for Georgia Tech. They played Boston College in a weekend series. I remember I was at this little makeshift concession stand they had buying a five dollar hot dog, which was absolutely egregious. And for you know, for some reason, he was like, so where are you from? Are you all from Atlanta? I said, I, no, uh, we're from Louisville. And they're like, oh, okay, big Cardinal fans. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, hey, quick question for you, since you got a Boston College football shirt on, what's your team going to look like next year? He's like, well, we'll answer that in the fall. It'll be as, um, as far as uh, Phil Yurkovec can take us. Need I remind you, the Cardinals did not play him last year. No, that's what I said, yeah, yeah. So we can talk yeah, about Louisville's big win over them last season, but Dennis Grossell was not Phil Yurkovec. So I don't know what to make of Boston College. That's one of those teams where like people are like, oh, Louisville's going to win that game. Look what we did last year. Yeah, but let's look at who we didn't play last year. So that's my very boring account of what was the city of Boston, which is probably one of my worst experiences in, in a city. You didn't like going ever. to Boston? I did not like Boston. I enjoyed food, Boston. food was interesting. Um, I, I did. I, I went. I went all full out tourist. So I went to Boston. Oh, uh, we, we tried, but our Uber driver sent us to um, some remote island. I know. I took. I took a bus tour of like the uh, old, you know, old church and uh, all the good sites. I went to the Red. They Sox do have game. a very nice casino, though. I, I didn't go to the casino, but I've it been to many nice. casinos. So. Lost my money there too, by the way. If anyone was wondering, I, I've had enough. I've, I spent enough. I've spent enough time in Vegas. So I don't need to worry about <laughs> casinos outside of uh, outside of the of, of Las Vegas. So. But uh, but my only time Boston was in seventeen, so it was it was a good time. I went and saw the uh, went and saw the Red Sox play. Didn't get to sit on the Green Monster like I wanted to, but yeah, it was, you know, no less. I, I I agree. And there's another bet on the line line that I want to talk about. That is the Malik Cunningham Heisman Trophy odds. We're gonna discuss those 3, here. To one. They're, we're gonna discuss. It's, <laughs> it's not as high as you would think, but um, we're gonna discuss that here in just a second. When we come back from break, you're listening to the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty. The Big X. Sorry, I just had to listen to this music a little bit more. 
I'm gonna have to get with Mike on, see what his playlist is for. This is the uh, this is the song that the the band plays when the uh, the bad guy's uh, girlfriend is doing a little strip in the double deuce. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm aware. Dalton goes and grabs her and says, "If you're gonna have a pet, put it on a leash." What do, you, do you just sit there with like the Roadhouse soundtrack and just go down the line? Uh, well, I put this together last night because for I just, this exact show, yeah, because you're 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 Dalton. So you're telling me I I can. I could have some fire intros on this. I mean, you could, I mean, but but I know where these songs play in the movie because I've seen Roadhouse multiple times. Sure. I'm on a break, and you're going to stay on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said we were going to talk about Malik Cunningham's Heisman odds, but that brought a different idea into my mind because I um, had a texter earlier talk about um, you being... Um, you being me? No, yeah, you being you. Um, <laughs> like I don't even know how he phrased it. Like talking about the expectation of of making the tournament next year for basketball. Uh, the yeah, a texter pointed out something I'd said yesterday, which yeah, was okay. When asked what my, I don't know the I don't know the way Rashawn exactly phrased it, but like what are, I guess yeah, what are my expectations to a degree? And I thought you know, honestly, going into the season, my best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that can't be exceeded, and hopefully will be, But because I said also that if this team makes the Final Four, I'll wear leggings and walk around the Mall of St. Matthews. But my my expectations at the height of it are probably just to going into Selection Sunday and either comfortably waiting to hear our name called or hoping to hear our name called. So. And those are low. I get that. Bet online, giving them another free shout-out, released their updated men's college hoops NCAA tournament chances. After the early entrance are official, Gonzaga is the new favorite, followed by Houston. The team down the road is number three, tied with North Carolina. Duke, Kansas, UCLA, Arkansas, Baylor fill out the top ten. Louisville, back on April 5th, the odds to win it all that BetOnline had was 125-1 to for next season. To win win the championship? Yeah. Kind of low, but okay. (laughs) Next, I would have thought like a hundred. The like next 1, updated <laughs> one on June thirteenth, which was yesterday, Louisville is now at eighty to one. Which uh, I'm not going to sit here and go down and count, but it looks like it's like top thirty. And some notable schools that are under the Cardinals are are tied with the Cardinals in terms of chances. Michigan State is also eighty to one. Okay, we're talking. Okay, you confused me for a minute. I thought you were talking football still. Okay, no, but I, I should have said basketball. Yeah, that's why when you're like 125 no, yeah, no, to no, win the football no, title, I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State is 80 to one. Okay. Florida State is 100 to one. Mm-hmm. Miami of Florida and Ohio State are, are also 100 to one. Wisconsin is 100 to one. Notre Dame's 150 to one. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other notable ones. Virginia Tech's 150 to one. Um, you know, so on and so forth. Okay. Eighty to one. I mean, I'm. I, I don't think anybody should believe that there's a realistic chance of of doing too much in the tournament next season. Like, um, I I remember saying that if we got Tyrese Hunter and Imani Bates, I think a second weekend is like the ceiling, and, and, and it, it is what it is. I mean, you're one under a new head coach and a roster that need that does need some work. Eighty to one, though. I think it's interesting the fact that they're kind of like in the thirties and they're still on par with teams like Michigan State and company. Um. Yeah, I mean, eighty to one's still pretty high. I mean, it's not uh, eighty like to one Saturday is high. Night Trevor high, but high, it's still high. Eighty I to mean. one is high, but you know, in 
contextually speaking, you're talking about a team that missed the tournament outright last year. Yeah, had the third losing season in 50 years. Yeah, Yeah. missed the tournament the past two years, to be exact, and had one of the worst seasons in program history, one of, keying in on that. Um, But still, I think that this – Yeah, well, I think that this kind of – you know, reaffirms the fact that the, you know, I think that Louisville, the expectation should be making the tournament next season. Like there's some that think, oh, we just need to see some growth. I personally, I'm one of those people that think that the ta- the roster had talent, but just wasn't coached well at all. And, I, and I'm not beyond it. I've said, I've been on the record saying that I think if you had a little more stability and possibly a better coaching coaches last year, this team could have been a tournament team. Now, would it have been a te- tournament team making an impact? Probably not. But it could have been a team that could have been a, a, a I would say somewhere in that eight, seven, eight seed area, maybe seven, ten. Um, and anything can happen in a, in a tournament experience. You never know. I mean, we just saw 15 seed go to lead eight. I mean, cue up Kevin Garnett because anything is possible. Remember those Syracuse teams that, or even like UCLA, as, you know, as like, Oh, yeah, the Recent as the year before, I yeah. mean, one of the last two teams in really, and they make a run. I mean, yeah. all it takes is one, you know, one or two weeks of just you know getting very hot and yeah. Probably no Locke would have gotten on fire and actually shot somewhere decently near the percentage he was supposed to do when he got here. And uh, and who knows? We we will we will never know. Obviously, very unlikely, but we stick in the claim, claim to the fact that we'll never know. But yes, the the fact still is remains that that this team was a cluster bleep last year. The roster, uh, it was very close to a basketball version of the eighteen football season. Not as bad, thankfully, but very as close to it as we're going to get. Probably, hopefully, ever in in terms of basketball. But there's some like the fact that Louisville is over teams like Florida State, like Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, so on and so forth. Teams that were better than Louisville last year. Um, who I think honestly, some of those are going to be you know probably. On par with what they had last season, I think Florida State's actually probably going to take a little bit of the yeah, next Florida step State forward. wasn't much. Florida, Florida they weren't much better than Louisville one. last year. They were seventeen and fourteen last yeah, year. They, very, they, they still were better. They still were better. I mean, they, they. I mean, they were well. Almost everybody was technically better. I mean, <laughs> the exception of like Pittsburgh and NC State. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh. Georgia Pittsburgh still kind of gave Louisville a run for their money in the long run as well. Yes, but so. Pittsburgh still, you know, blue goats. So I mean, it's. <laughs> No, you're not there. I mean, they still were awful. Capel was was awful, and then yeah, well, hey, they got Dior Johnson. I'm trying to think though, <laughs> but like when, when you look at these odds, like the odds changed in 20 days, like from April 5th to April 25th. Well, the, Louisville was added. Louisville was added. That's what I'm thinking. Like they went players from 125 to 80. But 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 let's put it this way: one of them is a I think top 80 player, which realistically. Realistically speaking, we probably imagine him to be a, a situational shooter next year. You're talking about uh, Ree, yeah, Devin Ree, and um, who knows? Maybe he's further along. I know that you know people have been hearing great things about Kamari Lands in practice. Um, I, I think a lot of it is also the projection of Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who you talk about. You, you referenced him as a, a guy that averaged four points a game last year, but he was also a guy who was while four star reclassification, yeah, would have likely been a five star. Going into this year's class, oh, he was a, he was a top ten guy, yeah, or like a top five guy, really. Um, so you know, with another year under his belt, I, like I wonder, um, it, it's just hard to really make an assessment without seeing um, who Kenny fills the roster out with, uh, because a guy like Amani Bates could change the, the the ceiling of this team. Um, 
but at the end of the day, I, I, I think that making the tournament was always kind of my goal all along. And seeing how the roster is in mid-June, I, I think that, um, you know, my uh, – assuming that we can make the tournament, who knows if we can or not. I, I think a lot of it is, yes, making the tournament, but also seeing some of these guys progress. Because I think that 2023, if you get some key returnees and some key recruits, who knows? Kenny Payne's second year, we could be looking to make a lot of noise. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the room possibility. I don't think it's crazy. I, I, I want to see what he looks like. On the sideline. Uh, on the sideline, because we, we have no idea. I mean, we're going in we, literally we, blind. We have sort of, sort of a blueprint. It, sa- it literally sounds like what Leonard Hamilton's doing at Florida State it is what he's trying to replicate here at Louisville. You're going with a lot of length, especially at the guard positions, um, a lot of getting out in transition. You want to be a good shooting team, but passing and defense are at the, at the forefront of, of your priorities. I would not be surprised to possibly see a guy like Kamari Land starting at the two next year. If 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 what if what people yeah. are saying is true about him and how he's doing well in practice and stuff like that, uh, assuming if it depends on if Louisville adds another guard, you're going to see guys like Kamari Lance play the two. Mike James already you know came out on Instagram yesterday and said I'm going to play the two or the three. You know, so it seems like the days of Louisville having a backcourt that is kind of smaller, um, kind of like a Siva and Russ or like UConn. I think of like a. Um, like a, a Shabazz Napier and Ryan Boatwright. Um, it well, was like 6'5", though, wasn't he? He wasn't that big. I thought he was. I could no. be wrong. So it, it seems like they're definitely going along the ways of length and athleticism, and I'm fine here because I'm so tired of watching us playing Florida State and just looking like a deer in headlights. Well, that yeah, that I agree with. <laughs> but also, I mean, I think that um, you know, we're going to see that the forward position, well, it's positionless basketball. Kenny Payne understands that the NBA has shifted toward that. Everything's positionless basketball. It's a matter of how well you can mesh with 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 a group of players. Um, the ball right was only six foot. You're right. I don't, yeah, I no, they it. were. It was a very, very small oh, backcourt. I thought he was and, six And I think that's why Louisville was so successful against UConn is because we literally had, what was it, Chris Jones, Terry Rozier, and, and Russ Smith in that hmm. backcourt. And that's why we yeah. beat UConn by three times by like a combined 70 points. But I, I digress. 502. 414-1450, the Thornton's text line to get in your thoughts, talking Louisville basketball, Louisville football, anything that you want to discuss. We're going to talk about baseball a little bit at the top of the next hour, um, which really is coming up now. That's wild to even think about. Um, one question before we go to break, and this is one that might take some time because I caught some flack for it on social media yesterday. The question says, ask the question about when someone says, in quotation marks, do you want a Coke? What do you reply with? Now, yeah, do you have? Do I bring my own straw? Oh, contextually oh, speaking, it was in response to there was a line of like soft drinks, like a, a bunch of different brands, and the the caption was, "What do you call these?" Obviously, it's kind of you know talking from like a geographical, um, you know, uh, slang and stuff like that. Do you call them Coke, Pop, Soda, soft drinks? If if I was to put a soft drink in front of you right now, what's the blanket term for what you call that? I use Coke. Okay, thank you, because people were people could not believe that I would refer to a Mountain Dew or a Dr Pepper as a Coke. Like I don't think no, you understand. I, it's a blanket term. Like if I say if you ask me, um, or if you tell me, um, I want a Coke. Okay, what kind? If you specify, then I want. I, you could be referring that you want a Pepsi, but if you say, yeah, I want a Coke, uh, what kind of Pepsi? Okay, here you go. I won't bet an eye about it. I, mean, I would. Pepsi's disgusting. <laughs> I can drink Pepsi. Yeah. I'm a Pep- I, I'm, I'm a Coke guy, 
but I like Pepsi as well. So, but the fact that people look at this, it really is kind of weird, you know, regional dialects and stuff like that. And I guess it is, you know, with you not disagreeing, we won't spend too much time on it. But um, but there <laughs> no, are I... there are a lot of people, and and literally they're like, how are you going to call a Mountain Dew a Coke? Coca Cola is a brand. I'm like, yeah, Coca Cola is a brand. Like Coke is a blanket term. Like, I don't think I've ever said, can I get a Coca Cola? Well, I mean, how do you call all facial tissues Kleenex when they're not? Exactly. How do you call all hot tubs jacuzzis when they're not? Thank you. I mean, you know. Speaking facts onto the airwaves I at mean, 501 on a Tuesday afternoon. Like, listen, I mean, you know, all you know, all jacuzzis are hot tubs, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzis. Reynolds wrap. You, you know. Do the same thing with that. I mean, all th- it, it's know, a regional dialect thing. A thumb is a finger, but not all fingers are thumbs. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that blow your mind that, there a no, little bit. No, that just was complete. You tried to spin it into something else. My that's, point is, is that just because you say Coke doesn't mean it exactly you mean it, Coke you need, in general. You need to specify. Like, but if you like ask me for like a Mountain Dew or something, I'd be like, "What kind of Mountain Dew?" Like Coke's just kind of just Coke. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I guess I catch myself using soda on occasion, but I've never said, "Can I get a soda?" Pop is one I've never Pop, used. Now, now I have. I used to work with someone who was from Eastern Kentucky, so we're talking like Pikeville. Uh, like northeastern Kentucky, I guess. yeah, Pikeville, and they're like, um, "Can I get a pop?" I was like, "I mean, you knew what they were talking yeah, about." Yeah, but I'm like, it kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, "Are you serious? A pop? <laughs> like, uh, of all the things to call them, I think pop's probably uh, honestly kind of the the least amount that I've heard." I and think- you look up like there's a map. They're like, there's literally a color coded map on what areas of the United States call it in, in different mm. areas. And literally, like, where Louisville's at, it's like the border. Like, it, it's in, like, the pop region. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, I, th- I think... Like, I the think, south is predominantly Coke. Like, I mean, Southern now, Kentucky. Obviously, if I'm ordering something in a restaurant, I'm not going to say just No, coke, no, you ask... You, but if, you're, if, if you want speaking, a Coke, you say... Yeah, yeah if, if, you say, if you say Coke, you, you mean Coke. But, like, in a general sense, like, people... I mean, I literally had a call last night and somebody's like by the way it's soda no one should ever call it coke if it's not a coke i'm like it's literally not that deep <laughs> no, no it's not <laughs> i mean who cares and I, I got people flustered up for for no reason like i literally looked at my phone I'm like what is going on but anyways just a um just another example of people complaining just to complain yeah i'm good at that <laughs> In fact, it's one of the few things I am good at. Complaining? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm very good at that. Uh, I'm, I have a beef. I can. I can find a beef with everything, and not just between two pieces of bread. Yeah. Well, you're complaining about my movie taste. <laughs> oh, your movie tastes are awful, but that's still okay. Love you. See, that is just incorrect. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with your your dialect for 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 literally drinking, people are sending beverages te- in, and I quote, "What kind of Coke?" Thank you. Some people here are cultured. Some people here have good taste in dialect and slang, and others don't. Just like some people that are sitting at a round table with a couple microphones have good music taste, and people sitting behind or movie taste, and people sitting behind a computer looking at me right now just simply don't. I see they're very. I know you're not talking about me because I'm looking at the text line four one four fourteen fifty, and I want to read some more of these texts, but we do have to take a break because the top of the hour is coming up. Top of the hour, yes, sir. Louisville baseball talk: Why you shouldn't be and your disappointed coming up soon. On this episode of the Mike Rutherford Show, you're listening to 1450, The Big X. 
Welcome back in. Final segment of this fine Tuesday episode of the Mike Rutherford Show. As I mentioned earlier, Dalton Pence filling in for Mike today as he is simply at a better, at a better place than here. Oh, is there a better place in the Douglas Scott Wilberton Studios in the OG mo- over here in, uh, in in Jeffersonville? Uh, yeah. There- no, 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 no. No? No Hilton no, Head Island? No, oh, no, no, Hilton Head's overrated. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, I say that is from speaking from perspective. I've never been there, but I'm sure it is overrated. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, I've been to some nice beaches. It's all good. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's pleasant. Uh, a lot of soccer moms do love it because I see this DHH sticker on the back of about one every four SUVs in Louisville. But uh, no, there's not. There's no nicer place being here. And I can tell you one big reason why is because what Hillhead doesn't have that we have six thousand four hundred and thirty-two of. That's Thornton's. I did not know where you were going with that. I'm like, (laughs) wait, we do not have that many. That is impossible. They may have a Thornton's in Hilton Head. I don't know. If they do, then maybe there's a reason to go to it. But if not, then there's no reason to leave because you have plenty of Thornton's around here. And they sponsor our beautiful text line, our friend Alex Cutler, Sugar Bowl champion, Alex Cutler. And make sure to sign up for that rewards card. They got donuts. They got soda. They've got pop. They've got Coke. No matter what flavor it is when you want, or whatever you want to call it, they've got it. Coffee, uh, cigarettes, the alcoholic beverages. They've also got Celsius drinks, which I'm drinking right now. Big fan of, by the way. What is a Celsius Celsius drink? is like a, a healthy isn't, energy drink. Isn't Celsius a, like a measurement of, of okay, temperature? Okay, wise guy. Yes, it's a, <laughs> obviously, if you paid attention in second grade science class, you would understand Inside, Celsius I, is a thing. I didn't, but. Oh, well, damn. Okay. Uh, but yes, it's like an energy drink without like all of the tough um, energy. No, like all of the tough ingredients. Like I'm literally, I, I, I guess I feel like I'm recording in the dark here with this one light on me. I can't see <laughs> You're anything. Lucky there's one light yeah. in there. I by walked the in. Way. I was like, I feel like I'm about to get interrogated. <laughs> like there's a, there's a. I wonder if this is a two way window. Like I feel like somebody's just gonna sit there and start shaking the light as they ask me questions. Uh, you don't look in the window behind you. There's people behind you watching you right now. Oh Christ! <laughs> would, would not surprise me. Well, whatsoever. Look to him, he ain't helping you. But uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, Celsius is are great. But um, is that the name of the drink or the yeah, ingredient? No, no, that's the name of the drink. What's yeah. it? What's in it? Can you? Can you use a, I mean, if I can here, let me get my phone flashlight. Yeah, use your out. phone flashlight out. Um, got a lot of vitamins. I'm just curious because you say it's an energy drink without the bad like, stuff. Which, like it doesn't have like, like as much of like I love Alani New drinks. If you know what? what those are, Alani New. No, is oh, it? What, isn't it Ali's wife's name? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's just an energy drink. Um, okay, it, it's not as bad as Monster ingredient wise. Well, in Monster and Red Bull, just pretty much like just pure sugar. I, I would assume so. I'm trying to see how much this has. I mean, it I has don't... to have sugar in it. Otherwise, there's no energy to go with it. Total I mean, sugars zero grams. Well, then how's it give you energy? Buddy, I don't know. I'm energized right now. You don't sound very energized. You sound Buddy, a little down, man. I have some you, issues got, going on. You've right got like now. this. You've got like this Eeyore thing going on. You Gosh. know what I mean? I, I am. I am still feeling a little bit down from Louisville baseball losing this. Like I, I get. I get. Like some people think you sound like Chad Kruger. Kruger is it Kruger or Kruger? Freddie Kruger. Is it Kruger? Chad Kruger? Kruger. Uh, I see people who sound like it, but you do kind of. I wouldn't call you Value Mart. You're kind of Thanks. more. Like, you're kind of more like the waste manager, <laughs> the the Cleveland version from Family Guy of him. Like you, you, you're a slower talker version. You're like, you know, like um, my photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Very like nonchalant with it. I've got. I picked my drugs from a Pez dispenser. 
I'm a, I'm a rock star baby. <laughs> As I mentioned, Trev, I need to, I need to vent. By the way, favorite line of that whole song, I'm going to have a quesadilla. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's the alcohol or drugs when I'm going to listen to that song that made me laugh Jesus. so hard every time they said that line. <laughs> I am sad, Trev. Uh, why are you honest. sad? Are you down? I am Do you need down. a hug? No. I just need global baseball to be playing in the World Series. Well, but but I'm 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 not disappointed in the season. Like you still a, want a hug though? A, no, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> like like a good part of the fan base. Like I literally was looking at tweets on on Sunday. Louisville chokes again. First of all, Louisville was on the road in the Super Regionals. <laughs> Don't take it personal. I oh, mean, it's here's the thing. You about know, this. everyone we, is saying that as UK fans they brought to troll. No, you, right? there are a good amount of Louisville fans that complain at any turn. And it was completely irrational when I'm sitting there, like just scrolling down. And there's a good amount of people that were, you know, celebratory on the overall good season. I mean, don't forget this team was not ranked coming into the year. Like, no, I, they weren't. But but the thing about it is, is people are like, oh, Louisville choked. I mean, sure, the games were very winnable, but in the grand scheme of things, Louisville overachieved this year. So did a and in a way. It, yes, they did. They 100% did. They didn't make the tournament last year either. Jim's. Sloshnagel? Sloshnagel? Is that his name? Head coach, first year head coach. Did he you did just a, cuss? Yeah. Uh, bless you. <laughs> he did a great job in year one. I will say that has to be one of the most annoying crowds that I've seen. Yeah, I never. Now, I will say I that I'm sure I, if I you're an AM fan. Can make me hate bubbles I, I'm sure if you're an AM fan, if you're a college baseball fan in general, you think you're like, oh, that's cool. No, it's not close in there. Ball one, ball one. That's got to be so annoying. By the end of the game, you're probably sitting there sweating just off a talking loan. Not only the fact that you're playing on the surface of Mars with it being 104 degrees uh, at 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. But my gosh, man, I'm sitting there like, buddy, I was sitting there watching it with my friend on, on Friday night. I'm like, just turn it on mute. I'll commentate the game for you. What do you got against Chris Burke? No, it wasn't Chris Burke. Like I, I, like Chris Burke goes to Southeast Christian Church. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I know Chris Burke. Like I know people who know Chris Burke. Say he's a great guy. I'm people who know people. Yeah, I'm people. I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of, an, kind of an important guy. But um, I couldn't sit there and listen to like they just were chanting, and I'm like, what is this? And it's just like, like I would rather listen to the Vandy Whistler in my AirPods for nine hours rather than listening to the Texas A&M crowd. And I get it. If you're a fan of, of the sport of baseball, in college baseball in particular, if you're an A&M fan, you're probably thinking, oh, this is so neat. No, it's not. It is horrible. Like, people are like, Louisville fans should be like this. No, they shouldn't. Like, sure, maybe there should be more passion and it would help the home, home uh, field advantage. But there's different ways to do it than just sitting there chanting like we're 15. The chance didn't bother me. The bubbles I could have done without. The bubbles? Well, is there a story behind that? I, I There's got to be. There's got to be. I don't know at what point someone started doing bubbles after a score, and I, I would love to talk to the people around them that were like, hey, that's cool. Let's keep doing that. I mean, and, and bubbles is not – It's not. but they're not the first team to use bubbles. Um, it's it's popular with some soccer clubs. In fact, uh, Bubbles Forever is, is, a, is a theme for, I think, I want to say West Ham United. Um, so it's, I mean, it, it's, they're, they're not alone in that, but just, it just got annoying and, and, and it only got annoying because we were losing to them. Now we beat them. We don't see the bubbles or we see the bubbles and we still beat them. Then it's not less annoying, 
But point blank, yes. If you're asking me, was I annoyed by it just because Louisville lost back-to-back games while seeing it? You're damn right. That's why it annoyed me. Yeah, I, it, I might, I might be less bitter about it if we win. I, I get what you're saying. Of course, you're less bitter about it. You're like, well, that's corny, but oh well, we won. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, have but, a fun trip home. Yeah, you lose, out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's something you can. Here's something you can blow. You know, that's the that that's that's the uh, mentality. But right. the but yeah, when since you lose, and I I think choking is a harsh term, but the Friday night game was Friday night game. They should have won. The thing was, was everything you can say about one team is the exact same you can say about the other. Yeah. Like Louisville let many opportunities slip out of their fingers. But so and did probably A&M, though. A&M did the same A&M, thing, exactly. A- think of it this way, Trev. A&M had the bases loaded more often than not. They, they had the bases loaded five times in, what, nine innings. I mean, they looked like two teams that... I, it's, Louisville was they, very lucky to not have been down by ten runs that game. I mean, it was two teams that didn't feel like neither one wanted to win. It was like watching two Like, dude, blind- you win it. No, no, no. I insist. Yeah. I mean, it was you. it was like watching two blind guys play a game of hangman. It was just like it was there, there was nothing to it. I mean, it was they looked kind of just wandering around bumping into walls. Right. I in in the in another thing that kind of irritates me is the the just overbashing of Dan McDonald. Let me make it perfectly clear. Am I coming on the airwaves and saying that Dan McDonald should not be criticized? Of course not. I think he made, uh, assuming that he made these decisions to um, try to steal when they had uh, runners on the corners in that sixth inning on Friday night with no outs, um, you know, trying to bunt with two outs, uh, bases loaded early on in, in the game on Saturday. Uh, I mean, sure, you can always, like, the game of hindsight is all, you know, it's always twenty twenty. If it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't work, you're you're an, you're an idiot, for lack of better terms. Like I, I get it. You can criticize him for you know the the minute details of you know some sort of decision making. We know that Louisville is always very aggressive on the base paths, and unfortunately, Louisville tried to play small ball against a team that's very very good at defending small ball. Um, but this you I keep coming back to this notion that like this is a team that still was very unexperienced coming into the year they underachieved last year and not only that trev they lost the top players from that team henry davis and alex benellis are not on this year's team the pitching staff lost some pieces as well they lost um adam elliott they lost michael kirian glenn albanese what have you Mm -hmm. if i want to see what happens if they don't have dan mcdonald do they still get to this point I'm not sure. I mean, you can bash the the bunt, the the two out bunt with bases loaded. And although I don't necessarily agree with it, and I don't think that it is a um, high percentage play, we did have some success against Michigan last weekend with it. So some of the tactics we were using against A and M didn't work. That did work against Michigan. So I think that Louisville fans need to, as I always say, relax. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. I get it. It hurts because, but getting to Omaha is tough. Tennessee didn't make it to Omaha, and that's probably one of the best teams in recent memory. I mean, that Tennessee team. For those who don't watch college baseball, they were good. They lost seven games all year. They were fantastic. Louisville won fifty games back in two thousand ten. Didn't make the supers. Vandy won fifty games a couple years ago. Didn't make the supers. I mean, people don't or not make the supers. Didn't make the World Series. Yeah, eight teams make the World Series, Trev, and especially a winner take all best of three series. Against another top team, baseball's an interesting game, man. You have to be on the money because any team really, really can win in baseball. 
I concur. So that's just my little rant. I appreciate you for for listening into my my rant about why people need to relax the f out. I can't. Now. Someone, someone now, said now, Texas A and M is a cult. You seem relaxed. I can't get Frankie goes to Hollywood out of my head now. Texas A and M is a cult. It did feel like there was some like cult vibes to it. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm sitting there like, what are we doing here? Well, I'd say we're. They, he's been all, all boys school, didn't it? I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure it did. You think it was a? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just an all boys school for for the longest time. Uh, regardless, going back to the text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty five zero two four one four fourteen fifty one texter says I thought women who think they work out are the only ones that drink Alani. Don't disrespect those drinks like that. Don't disrespect those women like that. Those drinks are fantastic. The only ones who dislike them are simply the ones who have not tried them. I've never. Then again, I will say that they I've probably are not the healthiest them. drinks. So if you haven't tried one, I can't knock it because they aren't like they're like a monster like. They are not healthy. I don't know why but that text just that that text just made my mind go to the departed when he orders cranberry juice at the bar. And the guy's like, "What on your period?" <laughs> That's so. <when> you... <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie is fantastic. Uh, by the way, I love the movie. I, the only thing that annoyed me about the movie was Jack Nicholson would lose and gain his accent like sixty times in that movie. Jack Nicholson, like 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 one scene he would have a Boston accent, and next he didn't. It was like oh. Okay, can we can we get a little? Can we at least get him on the right boat here? Four one four fourteen. One texture says, "This is a question for you: Is there any chance that KP is still looking at guards in the portal, oh, or is oh, the roster set?" I don't think the roster set at all. Well, there's I mean, only there's nine, nine scholarships. Yeah, there. it's clearly it's not set. I, I think that um, here's the thing. Here's my take on it. I think that honestly, if if you made me predict right now if Louisville was going to receive a tournament ban or not. My intuition, and this is no inside knowledge or anything like that, so don't go on Twitter saying, well, Dalton Pence said that we're not getting a tournament ban. No, listen to what I'm saying. I don't think that with how the IARP has been operating with NC State getting off the handle, I understand that Louisville is indeed on probation. The other schools are not. But, but it seems like the IARP is somewhat using logic and trying to punish the parties involved rather than the ones who were in middle school when this whole thing went down. So, personally speaking, I don't think that Louisville receives a tournament ban. That's just me. I do think that they will receive some fines, probably a hefty fine, and scholarship reduction. There's a chance, I would assume, that if, if they get hit with a scholarship reduction, I, they may try to you know alleviate that in this, in this year's roster and only have about 11 guys on the team. One of those possibly being Imani Bates or maybe a reclassified guy or you know another guy that I have no clue because it seems like everybody else is kind of signed by now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I would be concerned if there was not another addition, put it that way. Uh, I'll t- th- th- I think I'm pretty sure there will be another edition, if not two. I don't know uh, how big of an edition it'll be. I mean, yeah, it might be a rotational edition, yeah, but I'm not sure that it's going to be something that yeah, is. It, yeah, don't be saying that I think I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be other editions this roster, meaning they're going to be impactful editions, uh, but they will be editions nonetheless. Uh, one text says, Dalton's all right by me. I mean, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that hey, anonymous text. Here's one. He, I, but, but it's but it's because he hasn't besmirched the show I sponsor saw the, I Arby's. Saw that. I saw that. We read all the text. Don't Here's don't one. Skip over. This is a good question. I, I I like this. It's not really a question as much as a comment. So shout out to you, whoever this is. I don't even recognize this area code. I don't understand why our team got so much hate online. Our team fought hard in a hostile environment. Scrappy team with heart that overachieved. Texas A&M made an ass out of themselves. 
I like my team, and I'm glad we're not them. Um, I will say that I think the only reason why Louisville got so much hate is because of the eighth inning in that Monday game against Michigan, where um, you know, arguably he was out at second base. I don't think it was as clear cut and defined as some people make it out to be, like it's blatantly obvious. Although I do think he was out. Um, and then we talk about the um, the quote unquote missed third strike on Masterman, and the next pitch he sends one out to uh, um, you know, the uh, SRC at the University of Louisville two miles away. Um, in that eighth inning. But, I mean, I think you could do that with a lot of things. But we're talking about a fan base that that got riled up in Michigan that literally weeks before in the Big Ten tournament had a pitcher using an illegal substance and got thrown out of the game. So I I think that that's very rich. Literally, bang-bang plays and stuff like that. I know they went to review the call on the field, or the call call on the diamond was indeed safe. So I think that that's where the – the um, slander for U of L came from because people people who don't watch Louisville baseball don't know about how scrappy this team is. They just don't. They don't care. They don't care about Louisville. And, you, and why why should they? I don't know. I didn't know anything about Texas A and M coming into that series. So I, I mean, I don't think that they appreciate it because you know Louisville is. I mean, just celebrating something that they feel like it, it got stolen from them. So yeah. Uh, Texting in from Philly. Hey, yeah, I was gonna, shout, I was shout gonna, out to shout out to. I was going to tell you man. before he re- replied to that. Yeah, two six seven is pulled up here. Still waiting for Trevor to come up for a beer. <laughs> I will be on my to texter. I know it's been it's been a minute. I try to go up to Philly like once a year at least for Eagles at least one Eagles game a year. Uh, but I have been. Cool, man. I, I have missed it. Uh, I will get up there. We'll have a beer. We'll go buy. We'll go buy Pats or uh, if, if if you prefer someone else. I always like Pat's Steakhouse. My Pat's uh, cheesecakes myself, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit up cheesesteak as well. Now, do you get your cheese? Are you a cheesesteak guy? No, not big. I, oh, I, I can't. I can eat it, but I, I, like if I go to a restaurant, I'm like, man, I'm feeling a Philly cheesesteak right now. That's right. not me. You got to Oh, I do. I love me some Philly cheesesteaks. Love me some Philadelphia as well. I've never uh, been to Philly. Been to Pennsylvania, just haven't been to Philly. Been, been, to, been, been, been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I've ironically, been, I haven't been to Pittsburgh. I've, I've driven to, through Pittsburgh. My, but my family's stopped. big Steelers fans, so I've been to uh, a couple games in Heinz, Heinz Field. Um, I've been to Hershey, Pennsylvania, too, which is pretty neat, and Gettysburg as well, so uh, kind of historically speaking. One texter asks, is Danny Manning on the staff, or am I crazy? Yeah, he's on the staff. Where do you see that? It's uh, You skipped over it a little while ago. Oh, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> did, we, did, we, did we initiate that he wasn't in any way? I don't know. Uh, same texter does want to back you up and says Hustle is on Netflix, and he assumes I will watch it because it's on Netflix. It's good. He's probably right. He you does, should watch because it's good, not because it's on Netflix. He uh, also agrees that The Wrestler is a, is a legit good movie. It is. It's awesome. But he also agrees with you and says to okay, it's okay to hate Rudy. Apparently, the guy is a douche. I've heard that. I, I mean, that's to me, that doesn't matter to me in terms of like – because I, I like I how people tell me like – I don't not, hate the movie. I just think it's overrated. Like – he might be a douche, and, and, and pro- that's not going to affect my perspective of the movie. It's not how he's portrayed. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like, like it baffles me when some people like will refuse to watch a movie because it has Kevin Spacey in it, or they refuse to listen to an R. Kelly album because of who he is off the. Mm. I, I think it's a little that that's a listen, little different because it's a criminal thing. Yeah, but here's the thing: I'm not asking either of these two to babysit my like, kid. I'm not. I'm not listening to R. Kelly. But I'm, I'm not listening to R. Kelly. Oh, I will. They're awesome. Why? 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 Why diminish your enjoyment in life because that dude's a tool? I, mean, I think because I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I know what you did. You want to go watch? That's wanna, just me. Usual Suspects is in my top ten all time movies. Yeah, I'm not watching a Kevin Spacey. Or oh, love Kevin Spacey's a great actor. I digress. I digress. 
So last 30 minutes of the show, I'll tell you, it seems like I the first time I came onto the show, I'm like, man, three hours is a long time. I'm used to like 30 minute podcasts, by the way. If you all know, if you all don't know, I host the Locked On Louisville podcast. So you can check that out on YouTube or any audio streaming service. Um this is one to where I answered this question because I had a, a listener want me to include it in a mailbag, in which I do. I do a weekly mailbag segment, but I'm like, I could turn this into an episode because there's a lot of content here. Trev, if I was to tell you, switching over to Louisville football, if I was to tell you that one player from this Louisville football team was a first-round pick in the 2023 NFL draft, who is it? Who's the first-round pick? In football? Yeah. Of this roster currently? Mm-hmm. And there is no nobody. That that's not that's not an option. If if it was to be one player. If there had to be one. Yes, who's like, that first round pick? I think it's pretty obvious, but that's just me. I'm don't I I, I don't know if anybody I would take anybody in the top four rounds off this roster. Uh, I, first, I, do, so I disagree. There's a I, couple I players know, on this team. I don't know who they would be considered a first round pick. Who do you think? Maybe I mean, he might not be a first round pick, but I think Caleb Chandler's got a definitely a chance to be into that mix, especially how Impossible. highly regarded offensive linemen have been over the past couple of years. And he was the highest rated in the ACC, one of the highest rated in the country. I think if there was a first-round pick on this team, I'm not saying he's going to be a first-round pick, but I do think that Caleb Chandler is going to be one of the highest graded offensive linemen. And you're, when NFL draft scouts are going to be looking at him as a player that could go day one, but I think, in my opinion, definitely day two. Okay. Jermaine Lole is another one, if he has a good season. Because we're talking about one of the highest graded defensive linemen of the past couple of seasons. Obviously, he did he did miss last season with an injury, so that's something that you do have to keep in mind. I mean, I haven't seen any of these names on board, so that's why where I'm. I mean, I hope you're right. Yeah, but I don't know if you are. We'll have to see. Time will tell, I guess. There was a um, a mock draft that came out recently that had um, Willie Cunningham. In the first round. Yeah, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> but he also had Will Levis as like the number one overall pick. That's more likely than than, than Cunningham being drafted in the first round. I though. don't see it. I get that. Listen, I don't agree to it, but that one makes a lot more sense than Malik Cunningham going in the first round, second round, third round, or fourth round. Right. There's another thing. I, I'm, I'm trying to find it. I can't find that piece um, that had um, Yasir Abdullah is a name that a lot of NFL draft scouts are going to be talking about. And I'm not saying first first day. Obviously, first round only, what, 32 players get drafted first day? I do think Yasir Abdul is a guy that should be getting a lot more hype than what he's getting right now. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he's also a player that in that same segment that I did also talked about who are the biggest X factors next year outside of Malik Cunningham. Because obviously, I think that this team is going to go as far as he can take them. X factor wise, Trev, who are you looking at? Um, I would say you said not including Cunningham, obviously. Not including Willie Cunningham. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, the. I want to go with one of the running backs. I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to pick. It's not, <laughs> well, you got a yeah, get a couple of. Them. I would say if I'd say. Cooley or the kid from Tennessee? I forget his name. Already. Tyon Evans? Yeah, thank you. He hasn't played enough here to remember his name yet. <laughs> Do something and I'll get your name right, Tennessee. <laughs> Till then, you're the dude from Tennessee. 
The dude from Tennessee. The dude from Tennessee. Hey, what can I say? You got Can't right. wait for Michael Latin on the PA system <laughs> in September. Say, uh, he was four games into his tenure as head coach before I got Peeg's name. The dude right. from Tennessee, the ball carrier. <laughs> yeah. Stopped in the backfield by number. Oh, if he's getting so. stopped in the backfield, then sure as hell ain't going to remember his name. <laughs> stopped uh, 30 yeah. yards down the field by number. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, no. So, one texter says U of L won one possession games. Or, okay, hold on. Uh, I got I think they. U of O won one possession games. They would have gone. <laughs> I completely. To I don't know. I think why. he's saying yeah. had U of O. Yeah, won I think they were too. I apologize. One, I just one completely slipped up on that. Then yeah, and, and I mean that's true, but you know, there's you know that's. I was going to use another fr- an old school phrase, but I don't know if I'm allowed to use it anymore. Yeah, usually if my aunt had a pair, she'd be my uncle. You know, okay. that's that's. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, I was about to say, well, if usually if it's questionable, don't say it. But he said, you know what? I'm saying it anyway. Yeah. When are you going to sue me? I ain't got crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Offensively, you, having a you have with a spare tire on it. The guy is Tyon Evans. <laughs> defensively, though. Who are you looking at defensively? Oh, I couldn't tell you. When. Um, you don't. Do you pay attention? I do, but you not by season. It's summertime, which means it's moving you gotta time. you got to talk about Trevor. it. it we're. We're getting closer to the season. We're in the dog days of summer. There Close are no, enough like to the, the, the NBA finals are going to be over by this time next week. It's it's baseball and golf. I when I don't golf. <laughs> okay, then it's baseball, and there is no Louisville baseball right now. We can talk about the Blue Jays. What are we talking about? <laughs> trying to fight for second in the AL East? Damn Yankees! And I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I don't mean the the super group made up with with uh, with Ted Nugent either. Um. Football, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say well, who's the who's the the linebacker, the the pass rusher we had last year? Yasir Abdullah. Thank you. The guy I was that, just talking about. That or the uh well in my defense I was looking at the Chili's menu for DoorDash, okay? Um Chili's, <laughs> would you did you lose a bet? No. I'm trying to decide what I want for DoorDash. Chili's. I'm looking at the Chili's menu. But you've been looking at DoorDash since the top of the hour. Oh yeah, I still haven't decided yet. Oh, and yet I'm still God. doing radio with you. That's how you multitask, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first we went to cra- I mean, Cracker Barrel sounds good. I know, but see, I ordered Cracker Barrel the other day, and, and? I, I got it on well, Saturday. What's the issue? I'm deciding if I want a burger or not. Go to Arby's then. Well, well no, because I don't. I have I have a standard rule. I don't order DoorDash with places that have drive through. <laughs> <That's, sighs> ladies and gentlemen, his hand is in his face. Yeah. It, he's now realizing why Mike needed a vacation. He's starting to understand <laughs> what he got himself into and being thanking the Lord above that he only agreed to do one day I imagine this week. Mike sitting there uh, <laughs> drink, drinking a what, – what would be Mike's? Well, he, because he's try, he's you know a, a father of two, survivor, uh, survivor Mike, of COVID. And, and a, Mike drinking a Diet Coke on the beach listening to um, – Far Away by Nickelback, I imagine that he's sitting there going, you know what? It could be worse. I could be in studio with Trevor Kelsey right now. <laughs> and I'm, on that note, I'm leaning queso burger. What are your thoughts? <laughs> buddy, I'd, I'd just say make you some hamburger helper and call it a day. I'm at I'm I'm work. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, wow. I got to take the house made... Uh, Pico de Gallo off because I don't want that crap. Oh, Lord. I 
Queso burger does sound good though. I, can't I told you, see. He said something like that. Yeah. Now you got we got we got to get it pink in the middle though. We don't want it well done. Somebody says, "Hey, football season starts August first because practice and preseason starts only seven weeks to go." Well, when you host a podcast that has to record every single day, the football season is right now <laughs> because we're gonna be. What are we? What are we gonna sit here and talk about? So, um, but yeah. Um, so for me. You said Yasir Abdul, and I, th- I think that, that that's pretty much where a lot of people are going with. Um, the, well, the other the other name I put out there is the is the the CJ re- replacement, which is Momo Sanogo. Mo, the uh, yeah, the Mambo dude from uh, Mambo Number no. Five from um, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, Momo Sanogo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that I think it's Kendra Duncan for me. Um, I don't think people understand how big of a decision that was for Louisville when he decided to come back because not only do you have to replace Quinterio Cole. But you also have to uh, would have had to replace uh, Kendra Duncan Jr. and it seems like they got Quintario's replacement in Temple transfer AJ, or AJ um, MJ Griffin. I'm not AJ Griffin. He's going to be in the draft here in about a week or so. Um, but um, to replace both safeties for a uh, inexperienced safety room, one that had some issues with depth last year, I, I just ultimately think that that's kind of where we're where we're kind of gravitating toward. Um, so. Ultimately, I'm going to go Kendrick Duncan Jr. Catrell Clark is another name. Monty Montgomery. You could go with a lot, a lot of names here, but I think that this really kind of is indicative of how special that the personnel on this defense is. It's really just a matter of schemes right now for this whole defense and what that's looking like. How does the addition of Wesley McGriff to the defense change how Brian Brown runs that unit? And that's the main thing. Well, the big question is, do we? How long do we hang on to Brian Brown? I mean, the fact is that Brian Brown should have been gone six months ago. Well, I will say that this is the money year for Brian Brown, and uh, there, there, there is no. need for change very quickly here. If you are at the University of Louisville, I don't think it's going to happen though. He, well, lo- he's a him and Brown, lo- they're they're buddies, and I don't see it. Well, that's that, that's that's what worries me. That well, worries me a little bit. By the way, the texter says Dalton at one point said, who's Danny Manning? Yeah, he was joking. Yeah, he just, was just we were making a joke about he says he doesn't know anything about what happened before he was alive, and I was just pointing out his <laughs> hypocrisies. But don't worry. as as, as We as humans are naturally hypo, uh, hypocrites, so don't worry. That is very – I thought you were about to say we're naturally hippos. I'm like, ah, teach. No, that's just me. Yeah. That's, but regardless, final <laughs> segment. I'm hungry hippo. <laughs> final segment of the show. Coming up here after the break, you're listening to this Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450, The Big No, Trev. You are many things. A singer is not one of them. Oh, I'm not. What do you think, huh? You are. 
Made got many no second glance. Oh, my Lord. I had to listen over the break <laughs> to Trevor sing what he was taking off of his burger, which is probably everything but the seeds on the bun. I'm sitting there, he's like, no burger, no lettuce, <laughs> no cheese. I'm, I'm sitting there, what are you eating then? Man's eating the wrapper. I am. I'm, I'm, it's got queso. I'm sitting there. He's got queso on the wrapper, and he's like, "Man, this is tasty." I'm, I'm sitting there, like, "What? What are you getting at this point?" He's getting a high five them from the DoorDash driver, and the guy's driving out. I'm got. <laughs> yeah. man, man ordered love and affection. I mean, <laughs> DoorDash could deliver that. That'd be awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was available in Vegas. Uh, the, no, I got, I got, it's, it's a burger with, uh, with queso and, uh, tortilla strips only on it. I'm a meat and cheese guy only. That's fine. But I'm sitting there listening. I'm, I'm like, first of all. Oh no, you were referring to my nachos. I guess. I yeah. don't know. I'm sitting there listening. Cause I could barely hear you, but I, I, I hear you take a, like only one shredded cheese. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. just take a bag of shredded cheese, pal, and call it, put it, put it on a couple pieces of bread and call it a day. You don't uh, have to door dash that, that. That was my nacho order, which I took the, uh, got to take the sour cream off, got to take the pico de gallo off, taking the jalapenos off, because I only want chips with shredded cheese and beef. That's all <laughs> I want to eat. Anyway, that door dash looking, bring it to looking me. Looking past Trevor's um, limited food desires. Hey, speaking of limited, I asked this earlier and you did not know the answer, and I will give it to you now. The House Band and Roadhouse, which played, by the way, every song I played today except for Otis Redding on the last break, is the Jeff Healy Band. And if you remember right, speaking of disadvantages, Jeff Healy was a blind guitarist. I don't even know the name Jeff Healy. So Jeff Healy, uh, he was the name of the, was the name of the band. They were the House Band and Roadhouse. This song I just played just now, by the way, Angel Eyes, the only song that's actually not on the soundtrack but was their number one hit. It's a good song. I won't remember that. Oh man, that's, that's the type of song. Seven o'clock tonight. The last two songs I played are you need to put on like the rotation for the baby making music when you get home later. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like a, you're trying to like to set the mood. Oh yeah, I mean you're telling. Listen, <laughs> you, you light some candles and put a little. I'll put this on like go slowly in the background. Cause this ain't Don't look at me dream. like that. Don't look at me like this that. The best day. <laughs> Ever happened to me? Yeah, come on, are you fellows? I mean, it's got a song. It's got the word "fellows" in it. That's awesome. So yeah, there you go. I'm just, I'm trying to help you out, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm just trying. I'm trying to give you tips, oh, man. man. I'm just trying. I mean, I'm. Oh, I want, I want more little pinces running around there in the near future. Christ. <laughs> just anyways. <laughs> Got a little bit, I think like 12 minutes left of the show. A couple questions that actually aren't on the text line. They sent them to the Dalton Pence text line to my mobile The Dalton number. Pence text line. Um, the first question is, um, it's about baseball. Well, this one's on the text line. Number three, number three class coming to the Louisville baseball team. Number one player from the state of Illinois, Mr. Baseball from Kentucky, a stud pitcher from New Albany. Even Coach Mack is very optimistic about next year. I mean, as he should be. He I mean, brought this, it up at one point. I think in the press. Yeah, I mean, I think too. he knows. Like, this is going to be a very, very good team next year. I mean, yeah. they yes, they're probably going to lose a good amount. Um, you're losing. Oh, I'm trying to think. You're going to lose Cam Masterman. You're losing Ben Metzinger, Levi Usher, likely Dalton Rushing, Jared Poland, possibly Garrett Schmelz. But you're returning a good nucleus. You know, C Nap is back. Christian Napchek's back. Um, you know, Isaac Humphrey. Jack Payton, JT Benson, along with some of the pitchers. I wonder if he tries to go to the transfer portal for pitching. 
because it seems like unless there are some options on next year's team that he's confident being in that rotation next year, it, it seems like he could go pitching-wise. I, I don't know about the transfer for pitching, but I really do want him to go to the transfer and bring us Tommy Tanks. Oh my gosh! Wouldn't I mean, that be we 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 bring in Tommy Tanks. Have him have him replace like Dalton Rushing or or Ben Metzinger. I mean, yeah, you talk about Man, no, you know crazy. Tra- Trevor, you know, getting excited. Like yeah, yeah, that's 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 what the Dalton Tommy Tanks comes into this lineup, and oh boy, it's gonna be a makes 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 some extra room in that on that outfield wall for the uh, for his uh, All American uh, poster. No, I definitely agree. That's one of those like I remember when I, when somebody t- told me who entered the transfer report, I was like, who? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely big. Trev, question for you. Answer. I, I asked this to Jeremy Wallman last week on, on my Locked on Louisville show. What, am I your, what, I'm your sloppy second question guy over here? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's okay. Someone said. Um. <laughs> Are you having to proofread to make sure you can say it? <laughs> I'm not reading that one. Oh, what was that? I got to look this up. What was it? That couldn't have been that bad. I have, I have a feeling I know uh, – I know what this is about. <laughs> I know what the, I was about to read. No, they're talking. You're talking about the, my singing. No. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's, that's not uh, bad. You can read it. Someone called the Humane Society. Someone is obviously torturing a beaver while listening to Jeff Healy. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound like a tortured beaver? <laughs> I. My my question to that texture is, how would you know what a tortured beaver sounds like? Do you torture beavers? I've never heard what a beaver sounds like. I don't either. Do they make noises? But this question <laughs> that I was going to ask you, who of all the guys that are probably going to go pro for Louisville baseball this year, which which player will be the best pro? Not a clue. Take a guess. Um, Obviously, you don't have a clue. Not, none of us do. It's it's a question for thought. Yeah, but like most people don't have a clue because it could be anybody. I don't have a clue because I can probably I can't I have trouble naming you five guys off the team sometimes. Oh gosh. Um I'm <laughs> Yeah. Well you can put that in a long list of things you couldn't have shouldn't have asked me. Uh I'm I'm gonna go with uh, the 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 uh, uh, Usher Raymond. <laughs> Levi Usher <laughs> Usher Raymond. Yeah I mean I think he's gonna have a solid career. I mean, uh, just uh, I, uh, anybody that can uh, can still spit bases without being caught is uh, okay by me. Uh, personally, for me, I mean, I think this one, I, when this it comes one, to evaluating baseball talent, yeah, I, this one's I, I a don't tough know. one for I mean, me. Um, personally, I'm going to go with a guy like Dalton Rushing because the power is there. Um, we saw this year over the course of the season how like the contact became there as well. I think he he has a chance to be the highest rated out of all the guys that are going. Uh, to the pros, so shout out to them. Also, softball wise, got to give a shout out to my good friend Carmen Greenwood for signing a professional contract with I think it's right. the Florida Vibe is the team name. I um, if it is not, it needs to be because that's a cool name. That's a hell of a name. Um, but I think they start games up here soon. So shout out to her. Um, you know, definitely uh, proud of her in, in that respect. Softball, but, yeah, softball. Yeah, talking I, about mashing. I ask ask her one day. I had this issue the other day with with Mike. Have we gotten to the point where we can just ditch softball and just let women play baseball now? I mean, because softball is just like it's it's not it's 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 the it's kind of. I mean, the fields are small. The the infield's smaller. I mean, I think we've evolved now in athlete, women's athletics. That I mean. Basketball, we it's pretty much the same. The ball. I don't think it's well. The thing about it is, it's like you're not hitting a softball. 400 feet like the fields are small because of the ball 
Yeah, but and then, it's it's it, then you I got can, the underarm pitching stuff. I mean, and it's harder to uh, underarm pitching. Like it's hard to hit a softball. You wouldn't think so with how big the softball is, but uh, a girl throwing sixty or I don't know what the conversion is. A, a girl throwing like heat on a softball field is is equivalent to a guy hitting the upper nineties with a baseball. Like it is not easy to hit a softball. I, not... as, as as a guy coming from a softball family, I can tell you, um, after taking some batting practice. It is – you can make a softball rise. You can make a softball do a lot of things that you can't with a baseball because of that underhand motion. I just – for someone who, by the way, feels the league of their own, top top five, probably maybe top ten sports movie also of mine, uh, Tom Hanks, God Love You, one classic movie, one of his best roles ever. Uh, between that and it's the fact that I just – when I think of softball, I just think of things that you, you play when you're you know in your 40s and past your athletic prime. Well, obviously, you're not I, I, underhand. I, I, they, they're not underhand tossing it to where a home run is an out. I think it's time to progress, ladies, into just full baseball now. I don't understand the. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're what you're putting the basis on. Like it, softball's not easy. No, but baseball's harder. It's more fun to watch. Softball's I don't kinda, agree. Yeah. I think softball is extremely fun to watch. Yeah, teach his own. Because I, I, I just think that there's a. But I, then again, I, I mean, not a lot of people. I've grown up around softball, so I mean, I I have a different appreciation for softball because I've grown up around it and I, I've you know been around it for the past fifteen years. Um, I mean, I think that you see it with the viewership of what the women's college World Series got. The women's college World Series in two thousand twenty one had more overall viewers and more average viewers than the men's college World Series that year. And what, what, what? Say what? Yeah. Are you um, repeat that again. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that graphic that I had. Yeah, because I, I find that a little. I mean, no, somewhat hard to believe. Um, filling the time real quick. Yeah. You got. We got a few minutes. Well, well, no, you just repeat the statement you just said. You did so, you say the women's softball. So I'm looking at this. The 2020, the 2021 NCAA women's versus men's college World Series viewership data. Okay. Tournament averages for both. For baseball, it was 755,000. Okay, sounds about right. For women's softball, it was 1.2 million. Okay. The most viewed game for softball was 2.1. For baseball, it was 1.7. I think that something's got to happen in baseball for it to become more watchable again. Because softball, one th- one reason why I like softball a lot, not only is it very, very exciting to watch, it's a lot quicker and fast-paced. Tori, you don't have to wait two two and a half hours for two batters. It feels like the pitch count in baseball. I don't like. I said I don't know what has to happen in baseball, but the pitch count or the you know the pitch timing. Well, they have they had the, the as you'll hear if you listen when the bats games come on here in about less than ten minutes with our the uh, the illustrious voice of our man Nick Kerr, and they have a pitching clock in in, in minor league and AAA. Yeah, and they need to adopt it. Universally, I mean, because they, I think that that's why baseball viewership is. I don't. I, I can't bring the numbers up and tell you that it's truly on the decline. But I feel like baseball is becoming less and less popular because literally it's hard for people to watch. Like my my dad played college baseball. He said, "Son, I love baseball, but I can't sit down and truly watch a baseball game because it's just so slow and so just it, it just seems kind of lackadaisical." Because I mean, hell, it takes it takes three, four, five minutes for a one at bat. And, like, I mean, that, that game against, I understand you had bases a little lot, but that was four and a half hours, a little Texas A&M on Friday night. Yeah. So I think, you know, I I, I disagree with the, the sense that 
softball needs to fall by the way of baseball because I think that softball is kind of it, kind of in its right, right, right spot. If anything, I think softball needs to get more mainstream media attention because you you see more and more people that are saying that oh I'm not a big softball fan but watching the women's college world series was was fun why don't they televise it more well now you're asking the questions that everybody's asking now granted this is a whole whole different whole different argument whole different realm that's just my viewpoint so just kind of where I'm at I think we can end on that note <laughs> Well, I guess before we get out of here, a um, couple quick um, unapologetic promos for me. Be sure to check out Cardinal Sports Zone, um, all that great work. Obviously, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week on YouTube. Free? And on, yeah. I don't have to pay a dime to hear no, your I, voice? You not have to pay a dime. I mean, I thought it was a fee to it. No, not at all. I'll be, dad, yeah. be damned what a deal. You can check out my personal Twitter at <laughs> dpence underscore. Um, I got to pay for that though, right? No. Oh, that's free too. The Twitter, yeah, Twitter's free. How do you? I mean, you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Go eat your, your your burger wrapper. I, I will tell you this right now. I just got the text. Hey, Trevor, your order has been picked up from Chili's, Uh-oh. and your Uh-oh. dasher is on the way. Well, Trevor, have how much do I bet they get lost trying to find this place back here? By oh the way. my gosh, I was I was lost. <laughs> I was like, is this it? It has to be. It has the big X. But I guess that's gonna wrap up this fine. Very, very hot and humid Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Be sure to stay, stick around on 1450 The Big X for the Louisville Bats coming up here after the top of the year. About, uh, yeah, about six minutes. Are you done? Yeah. Oh, let's you go. You said let's wrap it up. I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Give them to me, Jeff Healy. Tell me about the main July's. Or don't. If it's just a dream, because it's the best thing. Don't. Happened to me. All you fellows, you can look all your life. But this girl you see, Dalton's here with me.